Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. You are tuned into the Makeshift Managers podcast. As you can see on your screen and hear from my voice, Austin is not here because he's the one that usually does our cold opens. So, hey, it's Devin. And uh, to my side, because, you know, directions are pointless whenever you're on a computer screen, we have our friend, uh, friend of the show, Justin Bruni at T-I-T-T-H-J-B. Justin, how are you doing? Doing good, sir. Doing good. Uh, you know, excited to talk some football after a, a wild NFL week one. Yeah, no. Week one usually has a lot of surprises in store, but this one was just kind of odd in general. I feel like a lot of players had a lot to prove coming into this season, especially on the individual plane. But with all the movement with head coaches and just front offices kind of scurrying to rebuild teams or refortify groups of positions, it's probably the most exciting week one that I've prepared, prepared for in the last couple of years. As a Chargers fan, obviously, it's like we had one of the biggest off seasons the NFL had. Mm. But yeah, no. Um Full slate of games. Obviously, we can't get into Denver versus Seattle. Um, take that as you will. But um, starting things out, Justin, what were your thoughts on Bills Rams on Thursday night? Uh, man, Sean McVay just didn't show up. Uh, play calling, I felt, uh, was pretty vanilla to start. You know, you had the Bills, you know, really start off hot and heavy. The passing offense was was there. Seemed like they had all of their scripted plays like cooked and ready to go. And McVeigh came up and just put some sloppy Joe on the table. Like I, I really didn't get it. Um, he was trying to put the ball back into the ground after you know the Bills had really attacked vertically and you know try to maybe take back some clock and you know rest his defense and whatnot. Didn't work out. I felt like the Bills had that one won uh, well before it even started. It felt like, uh, and, and this is someone who is picking the Rams, so it didn't feel great about it. Uh, Cam Akers, obviously that situation wasn't ideal, but from what I've heard, it didn't seem like he was actually going to be used that night. Kyrie, Kyrene Williams, excuse me, was injured on the first play on the kickoff return, and yeah. he was supposed to take the majority of the, the secondary touches behind Darrell Henderson. There was really no uh, script or plan for Akers to be in the lineup, so I, I think that's maybe why we got what we got from him this week. I know a lot of fantasy owners were upset about that. Uh, the Bills were the Bills. They were everything that uh, that we thought they'd be. They delivered. Uh, you know, you saw flashes of, of the secondary receivers and McKenzie and Gabe Davis. Stephon Diggs was Stephon Diggs. Uh, James Cook, a little bit underwhelming, we, it felt like. You know, he got the fumble, got into the doghouse. He was sent away for the day. Devin Singletary, you know, kind of showed up. Zach Moss got some touches. Uh, so a lot of good takeaways from the Bills out of week one. They're going to be a tough team to beat and a tough team to cover. Uh, going over to the Rams. You need more than just Cooper Cup, you know, to to win the game. I'm sorry, you know, and there was a lot of film out there on, on Allen Robinson being wide open. Tyler Higby, I think, in that game had you know double digit targets. So you know, definitely some reworkings that have to happen on that side of things. Um, and most importantly, the offensive line. Man, the offensive line for the Rams was awful. Stafford on his back seven times. Week one, inexcusable. Can't do it. Don't care if you have an experience. If it's not, you know, if you don't have the right group down there, you just got to get it going to protect your quarterback. That's where it's all going to start for them. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say I was surprised with the outcome for the most part. I myself was picking the Bills from the moment that this was the uh, kickoff game for the NFL. I mm -hmm. just felt, especially like rams Bengals, uh, they both had crazy seasons last season where they had runs that not everybody predicted. Um, the Rams exercised their demons in the postseason against the uh, Kyle Shanahan-led San Francisco 49ers. And the Rams were spent. They played longer than any other team aside from Cincinnati, and it kind of showed. Um L.A. downgraded in a lot of ways over the offseason. Adding Allen Robinson on paper I thought was just a lateral move when losing Odell Beckham Jr. if they are even thinking of bringing him back whenever he's healthy due to his ACL tear in the Super Bowl. 
They lost Andrew Whitworth, who was their franchise left tackle for so many years. And offensive line is extremely important, especially whenever you have a quarterback like Matthew Stafford, who is a pocket presence kind of guy that can't really get outside of the pocket and make things happen whenever plays break down. This was a team that was insanely talented, but they pushed every chip in last year. And whenever you push in all of the chips, you are going to have to constantly retool. And whenever you have minimal draft capital, i.e. first round draft picks, and the Rams have been extremely good about drafting in the later rounds and getting competent NFL talent out of those later rounds. But if the Rams have any issues with health this year, it's going to be incredibly difficult for them to compete at the top tier, especially against teams in the AFC. The Bills came out and they did what we expected them to do, at least in my opinion. The Bills were the hottest team in football aside from Cincinnati whenever they came into Arrowhead and lost to the Chiefs. Uh, Luck of the draw, I guess, for Kansas City last season because everyone was saying if Josh Allen got the ball, they would have won the game, which is apples to oranges. But yeah, the Bills came out. Josh Allen threw two picks, but it didn't seem to matter. This Buffalo defense is the real deal. And the scariest thing for me looking at the landscape of the AFC besides the AFC East, not being the strongest division for the bills to play against for the entirety of this year. This is a defense that did not blitz once in terms of personnel groupings. And they recorded seven sacks on Stafford. And we're also looking at the fact that they are without Tredavious white. They have nowhere to go, but up from here, if this is how this defense looks, whenever they aren't sending like the full house and their top corner isn't on the field, Buffalo is insanely scary. Do I think the Rams are cooked? Not in the slightest. I think the Rams are going to figure it out. Anyone that's concerned about Cam Akers, he tore his Achilles less than like a year and a half ago. It's a tremendous feat of physical uh, athleticism that he made it back for the playoff run last year. This is a team that is going to have to get extremely creative, especially if Stafford's elbow is going to be giving them troubles. Cooper Cup is still that guy. Uh, If Cooper Cup's on the field, they should be able to compete with most teams in the NFC. And I, even at their worst right now, they shouldn't be outside of a wild card spot with how the NFC is shaping up. It was just yeah, perfect storm, hot team in Buffalo, team that was bound to have a bit of regression in Los Angeles. So it's kind of just the perfect storm. I'm not going to fault LA too much for the week one matchup. They were bound to have a letdown at some point. So we'll see how it pans out in week two, but. Kudos yeah, to their the Bills. defense is still going to be really good. You know, you got yeah. Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey. You got like elite playmakers at every level. They're going to get better matchups. They just went up against, you know, top two team in the NFL. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, precisely. And for everyone that's talking about Jalen Ramsey giving up huge plays and blowing coverages, it it is what it is. If you're one of the best corners in football, eventually you're going to get exposed. The, the yeah, amount you gotta, of you got to wear it, you know. You, you, exactly. you got to wear it when you when you take your licks. And if there's anyone that I expect to bounce back from a bad game, it's arguably Jalen Ramsey. He, he's got the reputation. And Aaron for Donald, him. I'll, I'll say Aaron oh, Donald. Yeah. I would uh, imagine will be a monster next week. So, oh, 100. percent I expect him to have him. three helmets by halftime. <laughs> <laughs> but um, speaking of halftime, the Detroit Lions made a game of it to start it out. I thought the Lions were going to run away with it at a certain point, but man, this Philadelphia team looks really good, don't you think, Justin? Yeah, the, the, the Eagles looked great. I mean, they had this one in win, win mode for most of the game. Uh, and then, I don't know, they just started slipping. Uh, maybe it was just, you know, their feelings of like it being garbage time. I'm not sure. Really loved what they did on the ground still. But I'm not impressed with Jalen Hurts as a, as a deep ball thrower. Uh, he did make a couple of nice throws downfield. But, 
I mean, dude, you got to throw touchdowns. Like, you know, one total touchdown. People are talking about this guy being the best quarterback in football this season. Well, you're about four touchdowns behind Pat Mahomes. I'm so, sorry, bud. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he did have the one rushing touchdown, 90 rushing yards. Very safe floor there for him going forward. Uh, you you got to like what he's doing. The rest of the team just kind of followed tune. Loved what I saw uh, out of uh, Antonio or Antonio Brown, AJB. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Devonta Smith laid a goose egg. He'll probably get a little bit better. Dallas Goddard probably will be better. The running backs, you got to love them. They, they, they showed up. Miles Sanders had a good game. Gainwell found the end zone. Well, they all found the end zone, including Hunt and or, or, uh, Jalen Hurts. Boston Scott. Me. And Boston Scott, yeah. Yeah. You know, full-on full quartet from the uh, Eagles rushing attack. It's This is what people, I think, were anticipating because – for me, the Jalen Hurts story will always kind of be fantasy related. Jalen Hurts is like the perfect fantasy football quarterback in applicable football in the NFL. He's not my first choice by any means. He is in this tier of I would I would lump him with your players like your Mac Jones, his Trevor Lawrence's, even like because he's the class of 2020, correct? He came in with Burrow, yeah, so. Herbert, um, Burrow, Herbert, uh, Hurts, and then Tua as well. I forget to us sometimes. Uh, so does half of Miami talking to uh, I forget his name. Damn it. He's working in Pittsburgh. You know, him to Brian Flores, Brian Flores forgot about to uh, we all did, but I digress. Jalen hurts. This is the perfect scenario for him. I don't know if he's the franchise guy in Philadelphia. He's good enough to silence any Gardner Minshew hysteria. Um, Detroit came out to play Dan Campbell. If you watched hard knocks this uh, off season, you wanted to run through a wall at about the second episode. So I'm not surprised that Detroit came out so electrically to play this game. And the fact that they didn't give up in that fourth quarter, putting up 14 points is a great sign. Um, while the NFC is lacking this top end, like upper echelon talent comparatively to the AFC, I think the middle of the NFC is better than it's been in a couple of years. I think you're going to have a lot of teams that can beat anybody any given day, aside from your Tampa's uh, the Niners, never they get into full strength and possibly the Rams. And Minnesota looks monstrous. But you have a lot of very competent teams in the NFC this year. A.J. Brown has translated to the Eagles immediately. Um, The big thing with him in Tennessee was always the volume. And if somebody could actually get him the ball 10 times a game, and if this is what A.J. Brown is going to be signing up for in Philadelphia, I'm here for it. Um, This Eagles defense has improved over the offseason. They got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson about like two weeks ago for like a a pack of peanuts from New Orleans. He wants a big time deal. And if he plays well in this Eagles defense and they're able to, well, to be fair, week one, giving up 35 points is less than ideal. But right. I do think we do have to give credit to this Detroit offense. I think they are really underrated in the grand scheme of it. They added Absolutely. a lot of talent in the offseason and guys like DJ Chark, who, while whenever he's healthy, especially in Jacksonville, he was putting up very decent seasons. Um, the defense did the best they could. Uh, I'm not in love with a lot of the pieces on this defense. I think Jeff Okuda has to figure it out from the next eight weeks or else I don't know what they do with him, but well, their secondary in totality is just really bad. Terrible, You know, like they have a, they have a pretty good defensive line, you know, adding in Aiden Hutchinson, but he was still running all over the place. Looked like he was, you know, running with his head cut off. Uh, But they do have a good, uh, you know, upfront group on, on defense, but their secondary is brutal. And that's that's what I was concerned about with like what I mentioned with Jalen Hurts earlier is like you didn't throw a touchdown in that game. I mean, you were moving the ball down the field, but like yeah. you know, you gotta you gotta finish in the red zone, you know, when you're when you get in the playoffs and you're you know games on the line, et cetera. Um, 
so yeah, I didn't really love what I saw either out of either side. There was a lot of positives though from from both teams. Detroit yeah. offense is going to be fun. They probably win that game if Jared Goff doesn't start off three for nine. You know, like yeah. he finished the game really well, but he started just so so slow, and you and you lose that game by three points. Like it's tough. Yeah, it, it, it's difficult for Detroit losing their first game of the season. I expect a lot of games like this to kind of not go Detroit's way. Right. But all in all, I I love the matchup. I think. While we didn't learn a whole lot, I think this is how people expected it to go. Maybe a little bit heavier in the uh, side of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Sky, the sky's the limit for both of these teams offensively in terms of the talent that they do have. I think it's reassuring for Philadelphia that they can go into Detroit, a team that is massively improved over the last couple of seasons, and pull out a win whenever Jalen Hurts doesn't throw a touchdown. I think that is going to be highlighted throughout the season by Nick Sirianni's rushing attack. That was one of the mm-hmm. best in the NFL last season. So even if Hertz doesn't take this next step to become the next Kyler Murray or even a Lamar Jackson, it's it's not going to be as amplified if this rushing attack can be as good as it was last year, paired with right. that defense. Um, last thing about this game for me, I love DeAndre Swift. That is all. Um, speaking of loving things, if you are a fan of uh, – Rainy days and summer showers. Um, you must be a Bears fan because the Niners came into a Soldier Field and it was ugly. Um, I had a lineup where I was about to start Trey Lance in fantasy, and I was talking with Austin, and he was like, "You should like, do Google. It. You should Google the Mud Bowl from like two years ago. Look at Jimmy's stats." And I was like, "Damn it, Kirk, you're starting because <laughs> it's a two QB league." And I was like, "I have my homes, but I, I need to hedge this bet." Um, Damn. There wasn't a whole lot to be happy about unless you were a Bears fan. Um, Justin, lead off. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations, Justin Fields. He has We arrived. didn't lose. We didn't I lose, was, and we covered the seven. Let's go. Good teams insane. win. Great teams cover. Go Bears. That's what I'm Bear talking about, down. baby. Uh, although, I, to be fair, like everybody at my network all picked the Bears to cover seven points, so that was a really <laughs> bad number for the, for the books to lay here. Um, you know, a lot of ups and downs in this game, especially for the Bears. You know, I, it felt like it just felt like they were a team that was just not never ready to lose that game. Every time they gave up a big play, they would respond with a big play on defense. Whenever they would end a drive slowly on offense, three and out, they would come back and make more plays and progress. Like th- we were seeing them get better as you know, the Bears throughout the entire game. We watched the 49ers get worse throughout the entire game, right? Yeah. They started off really well with the run game. Lance was throwing the ball well to start the game, and then everything just started to fade away. And it felt like once they got hit in the face, there goes the game plan, right? Like it was just like we had this really scripted offense that we were going to run here and kind of keep things safe, especially in the rain, and keep things nice and neat and clean. Yeah. And then the the Bears got mud on your jersey. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. defense made great plays. Uh, wasn't overly impressed with Fields, but he made plays when he needed to. Would have really liked to see him do more with his legs. I think he had 11 attempts for 28 rushing yards, something like that. Would have liked to see more. Very concerned about David Montgomery, uh, 17 for 26 on the ground. Did lead the team with three receptions. I don't know what that says about the receivers. Uh, we'll get to Mooney and Kement here in a second. But Montgomery is going to take his licks this season just because Herbert you know, played so well this week. He was a highly anticipated player in the offseason. You know, everyone was saying you know, he's ready to take his job. Montgomery doesn't fit the system, et cetera. Montgomery still got used a lot. So I'm not really that worried about it. I think that's kind of an overreaction that like Herbert's going to come in and take his job. Kemet uh, and Mooney, what, what, like what? Even in the rain, even in the mud yeah. bowl, 
just design something, some design play. But honestly, it was all the undesigned plays that gave the Bears all their offense. That Dante Pettis play was just a completely broken play. Fields rolled out to the other side of the field like it was Madden and then just like threw a duck like 40 yards to the right. Like what? what is that? Walk-in touchdown. I'll take it every day. Aquami and St. Brown, similar thing. Like the Bears are going to be gritty this season. They are going to be better than people anticipated. Don't expect, you know, this wind to be just because of weather and mud and rain and stuff like that. Like they showed up against a very prepared and well-equipped 49ers team. Elijah Mitchell going to be missing time for the 49ers. Eh, I have shares of him everywhere in fantasy. Absolutely hating it. Interesting to see what's going to happen there. Is Trey Lance going to run the ball more? Is Jeff Wilson going to be included? Uh, Jordan Mason, uh, Tyrion Davis-Price. Like, you know, where's the ball going to go there? Feel like it's going to be pretty balanced. And, you know, are we going to continue to see Debo at running back? Was that uh, a rain thing? Was that a weather calculation? Or is that going to be actually a part of the game script? I'll say so until he gets his bonuses because he has some built-in bonuses for those things. If he gets, like, so many rushing yards, attempts, or touchdowns, once he gets his money, they'll probably be like, all right, we're cool. We're fine. Yeah, We don't need to do this anymore. It's because the funniest part was um, I had some yard work I had to do yesterday. So I watched about like the first quarter and a half of the uh, Niners and Bears game. And so I went mm. outside to go move tree limbs. And whenever I got back inside, the Chicago Bears had won the game. And I said, that's mm. not what I left off on. Um, ten nothing, the calendars, ten nothing deficit, baby. It's the Dante Pettis revenge game. We, we love to see it. Um, went from the doghouse to bear down. Uh, this game was ugly to say the least. Um, oh yeah, tra- Elijah Mitchell going down is terrible for them. Uh, Debo averaged six point five yards per carry. You put the ball in Debo's hands, good things are going to happen. And you know, Mitchell had six point eight before he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. In, in one of the most efficient rushing attacks in football. I'm not super excited with Jeff Wilson averaging two point four per carry. Mm-mm. Um, I expect Debo Mm-mm. to get a lot of touches. I don't care if they are through the air or on the ground. This team is going to need him. And that's going to be on the ground. Kind of, yeah, that's the thing that was interesting about the Bears and your point of Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney not getting touches. I started Cole Komet at tight end in the league this, this week. And it's you, – you have to get the ball to your top playmakers. It's, it's just the way that the sport works. Like I get it. Hot hand works most of the time but you should be able to scheme your players into touches. It's what makes Debo Samuel so special. It's what makes Cooper Cup so special. They are extremely talented and can get open at any point, but the team schemes for them. The touches are orchestrated around them for the offense. And right. while one and looks good on this Bears sheet, it is a long road for the rest of the season. I'm not going to write off the, the Niners by any stretch of the imagination. Um, this is the worst case scenario for the start of their season. Uh, well, it could have been worse. Debo or Trey could have went down. Elijah Mitchell going down really hurts, but they do yeah, have Jimmy Garoppolo this. waiting in the wings. I get that, but I don't want to see Trey same. Lance get lumped into the whole two attack of Iloa thing. Whenever you have a rookie scale quarterback and a roster that is effectively win now, the Niners have one of the most win now rosters currently. So you, there are mm. definitive windows with quarterbacks. I just feel like if you're not maximizing your return on these rookie scale deals, it can hurt you in the long run. Like Mahomes getting his first Super Bowl on the rookie scale scale deal makes it even more palatable to give him the quarter or the half billion dollars. Like it just it just makes sense. That's why he got the half billion. Exactly. And that's why he already started with one. He could have had two. It's why I'm uh, hoping that Herbert can secure one. And I'll just be like, 
Give him a blank check. Just give him SoFi Stadium. He's already sponsored don't want by your SoFi. quarterback to have a blank check. Tom Brady doesn't have a blank check. Look how many Super Bowls he has. You don't want your yeah, quarterback well, Tom, to have a blank check. Tom Brady's of a different generation, and his wife is richer than he is for now. Um, yeah, there's talk about Tom, so talking about the misses. Giselle, we're big fans, but um, Tom, speaking of the doghouse, um, but back back to the game. Um, Khalil Herbert looked really good. Um, Montgomery is probably playing for a different team next season. If maybe if we're going to be honest, I feel like he and Josh Jacobs are going to be in the same camp of talented running backs, but running back is a resource that you can replenish every four years through the draft more likely than not. Right. Um, if the weather get if the weather gets better, I expect Justin Fields to be able to throw for more yards. Obviously him getting two touchdowns through the air is amazing for him for this week. One matchup. And this is the mm-hmm. Niners defense. that is no slouch. Um, I just think both of these teams play better next week as long as the weather is permitting it. I think San Francisco, whoever they're playing next week, uh, that team better look out. I think the Niners come out, and they come out serious. Um, we got the Bears next week playing the – got it right here. Bears versus Packers. Maybe they own Aaron Rodgers now. Who Yummy. knows? But, Where, hey, where's that game at? I think you guys are playing in Green Bay. I think. Oh, that's that's not fun. It would have been so great if he showed up to our house without Alan Lazard and been like, hey, I thought this was your house. I thought this was your house, Aaron. <laughs> not no more. Let's let let me double check just to be sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro- Green Bay. But they're probably gonna have a good game in Green Bay, those bastards, those fucking cheese eaters. Yeah, it's 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 all in the hats. It's all in the hats. But um Congratulations to the Bears, 1-0. and um, The Niners are still tied for the division lead in the NFC West. So as long as Seattle doesn't pull a rabbit out of the hat, you can't beat it. Um, speaking of can't be beat, we're now going to uh, everyone's uh, reigning, defending AFC champions. And apparently they can be beat. Uh, the Steelers were able to march into Cincinnati, win with a score of 23-20, to Justin. What happened? Absolutely hated that game. Evan McPherson missed the pad. It was blocked. It was that's what happened. It's some bullshit. <laughs> it's some bullshit is what it was. I mean, I don't know. It wasn't a great game from either side. Very reminiscent of you know the Bears and the Niners, the Texans and the Colts. Just a classic grinded out football game that just refused and refused to end. Especially in favor <laughs> of the Bengals, who I was betting on in that game. Um, you know, kind of getting to the breakdown. You know, Mitch for me, he just wasn't it. You know, you're going to see very similar box scores with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. He's going to spread the ball around a lot. He's going to kind of start the game off with the less than primary receivers. You're probably going to need to use Claypool at the running back position. I'm not sure what's going on with Najee Harris there. If they're going to work in some of these other guys with running back touches, Jalen Warden, Jalen Warden, Warren, excuse me, did not look like it either. Um, Feel like they're going to have to maybe get Pickett in there in a few weeks. And this is after a win. This is, this is me after a win. Like, I was not impressed with the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, left a lot on the table in the second half. You know, gave opportunities when you're, when you're at four interceptions from Burrow. That's not going to happen again. Don't don't expect that to happen anytime, anytime again soon. Um, so, yeah, very big, very disappointed, really, on both sides. Bengals had this game won in so many ways if they just played more disciplined football. Whether it was the interceptions, the fumble, the miss pat. Just, you know, the bonehead stuff on defense, just like, you know, how did that happen? You know, letting uh, Claypool did uh, do what he did out of the run, running back position. Like, just a lot of question marks from both sides. Really wasn't that impressed. I did like, you know, seeing Burrow battle back. You like seeing Jamar Chase do Jamar Chase type things. But, you know, there really wasn't too many other bright spots. I know some guys like Hayden Hurst had a good day. 
Joe Mixon had a great day. He had like 34 ungodly touches. That's amazing, but no touchdown. That was sad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really wasn't that surprised by much of it other than how bad the game was, just how undisciplined both sides played. Yeah, no, um, I have not been a fan of the Bengals hype for the most part. I felt that they were very every any team that makes a Super Bowl run tends to be fortunate in varying degrees. I thought the Bengals were an extremely fortunate team throughout the playoffs last season. There were some very unfortunate circumstances in this game. T. Higgins being knocked out uh, due to the concussion. It always sucks to see somebody get injured. And like you were saying, mm -hmm. the Bengals won this game. They out-earned the uh, Steelers by almost 200 yards total. They outpassed them in terms of passing yards, outrushed them in terms of rushing yards, had a better yards per play. They could not get to Mitch Trubisky in terms of the defense. Trey Hendrickson, mm -hmm. he did not have a concurrent sack in a week for the first time since I don't know when. This Bengals defense is a defense that I have been talking about in terms of they are due for regression in a big-time way. Trey Hendrickson went on a went on a run as a edge rusher last year that was mm -hmm. absolutely insane. And uh, I'm not saying he's not a good edge rusher. He's not the top tier of the position. He is not your TJ Watt. He is not your prime Khalil Mack. He's not one of those guys. He is very good, and he will earn his money. But you're not expecting him to get you two, three sacks a week or get a sack in eight straight weeks every single year. The secondary, I have never been fully inspired with the duo of Jadobia Wuzier and Eli Apple. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, Cooper Cup, he loved that cup of tea all the way to a Super Bowl ring last year. Big thing for me, the newly revamped Bengals offensive line struggled. And this is not really a huge reason for concern. We had similar questions about Kansas City last year whenever they revamped and retooled their offensive line. Stuff like this takes time. You have to have a group that is playing together for at least a portion of time before you can say, well, it's not going to work. But it is alarming that Joe Burrow was on his back seven times this game. This is a guy that's already lost the season or most of the season due to an ACL tear. We thought he was badly hurt in the Super Bowl in one of those plays whenever he went down. Joe Burrow has to stay upright, especially if this team wants to be pushing for a playoff spot, let alone win their own division. Um, Jamar Chase is him. Um, newsflash to anybody that forgot, he's that guy. Um, if Justin Jefferson is him, Jamar Chase is him adjacent, and Cooper Cup is the other him. It's it's insane how talented the receivers are nowadays and how good they are becoming at such young ages. Joe Mixon, um, feed me more, I guess. Uh, maybe the game's a little different. How? <laughs> like how? 40 yeah. touches. Put it on my contract. Yeah, Joe Mixon said, I had a healthy year. Give me 50 touches. I got it. My body's going to hold up. It's it's crazy. The Steelers aren't going to get five turnovers out of Joe Cool again. I don't think if he's going to turn the ball over five times again in the game ever for the rest of his career. Yeah, I was going to I was going to say, give me a couple of seasons. Aaron Rodgers didn't throw an interception to the NFC North for like three years or some shit. Like, I, yeah, yeah, Joe, that's not going to happen to Joe Burrow for a long time. Yeah, so it was the perfect. I wouldn't even call it a perfect storm for uh, Pittsburgh with the, the G Harris injury. Dude. It was a game. This was a game that turned into a rock fight all the way to the point where Chris Boswell said, I'm ending it now. Not because he wanted the game to end. It's just, he's tired. You know, Chris is getting to go home. Age. He wanted to go home just like everybody know. else. But the Steelers defense really impressed me. Their additions of miles Jack in the off season. It paid off a little bit. He had six tackles for assists. Yeah. He, he was very good in this game. TJ Watt came down with a pick. Minka Fitzpatrick was everywhere. Yeah. Um, this is a Steelers defense that is 
now possibly oh Brian Flores is now in house helping the Steelers defense. Mike Love Tomlin is it. still the best coach in the division, and I am as uh, out on Zach Taylor as I ever have been. I don't I don't mm-hmm. have faith in the guy. And good luck to both teams. I think the Bengals are probably better off for the rest of the year. But what a way to start the year for Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm I'm a big Burrow pusher. I've been you know on record this off season, you know, making kind of gaudy Peyton Manning type of comparisons. You know, hitting that five thousand yard threshold. You know, potentially pushing for forty five passing touchdowns. And it was a, mo- mostly predicated on offense is really good, defense yep. is just kind of meh. And they're going to be yep. in a lot of games like this. I don't think they'll be as bad. Like I think they'll be in more games like this coming up. Where yeah, the offense is good, but the defense just isn't there. And it's, you know, you know, 32, 32. And, you know, we're looking for McPherson again. Yeah, I think I, I would have to agree. Me as a Justin Herbert truther and diehard Chargers fan, I can only give Burrow so much credit because, you know, humility is dead in this day and age. But um, the thing with the Bengals, I have given the Las Vegas Raiders a lot of crap this offseason. And the Bengals are the best version of what Vegas could be this season in terms of having an insanely yeah. skilled offense. With, right. But the Bengals have a better offensive line. And a better defense across the board. So, mm, in terms of I like, know. I think the whole package, I feel like the upside of yeah. Cincinnati is better than what you will get out of Oakland's I, defense. But star power wise, I think Oakland has them beat. Yeah, I, I mean, I can pick them. I can pick them apart though on both sides. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like, you. I like Jesse Bates in the back end. You know, mm-hmm. but I and 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 I like Hendrick Hendrickson up front, Hubbard up front too. But like those to me are like their three big playmakers. And yeah. when I look at the Raiders, like you still have Perriman, you still have Crosby, um, Jones. God, I was I was about to say, um, was it Abram or Abraham? John Abram. Jonathan Abraham. They just got Rocky Sin as well in the offseason. Yeah, like, yeah, Rocky Sin doesn't really impress me too much, but a lot of those guys no, up front, you. like there, there's some gritty dudes in between the tackles for for yeah. the for the Raiders. So I don't know. That that's that's a tough one for me. But I agree with the sentiment. Like they're they're very similar, similarly similarly built excuse me yeah if Derek Carr is going to have this career year I expect Joe Burrow if there's a season for him like you said to reach these 5,000 yard seasons with like 40 plus touchdowns I think this year has to be the start of it but yeah um Pittsburgh lead tied with for the lead in the division go Mike Tomlin I guess um Crazy. Cincy, hard it, team to root against hard team to root against um speaking of rooting against stuff the Darth the, the Death Star officially blew up this weekend. I'm kidding. New England lost. Uh, Miami won. I don't think it was as, as surprising as anybody was going to initially state it. I felt yeah. the Dolphins should have been favored in this game. I'm sure they were coming into the, they the were. week. Yeah, as they should have been. Um, New England didn't give me a lot to really cheer for in the offseason, whereas Miami made some big splashes. Um, Justin, what, what were your thoughts on the uh, game plan of Miami and how they were able to execute against this uh, Patriots defense and how Mac Jones and the offense looked? Very conservative. Uh, they won the turnover battle 3-0. Three, three to zero. Tua didn't make any mistakes. The running backs really didn't make any mistakes. Everybody just kind of showed up and did their job. There wasn't really too much risk exposure with the throws downfield. A lot of stuff was very scripted, well-designed. You you did see Tyreek Hill make a couple of plays, like like contested catches, but for the most part, everything was pretty much hit open or hit out in space. Um, so well game planned by Mike McDaniel. Just you know, slobber knocked you know uh, Bill Belichick right in the mouth. No big deal. Get a Mike McDaniel, one and zero in his career as a head coach. Another person that's just hard to root against. Um, looking at some of the numbers just from the game, total yards Miami three hundred seven to 
uh, New England 271. Felt like it was going to be pretty close. You know, 20 to 7, I felt like the game was closer than that. The Dolphins didn't get a touchdown until it was, what, Jalen Waddell in the second quarter? quarter? Yeah. And then they had a defensive touchdown. So only one touchdown from that offense. Would have liked to have seen more. You had the Patriots in uncharted territory down in Miami where it's like 104 degrees outside. They were sweating bullets. They were making them work for it. But, um, you know, the offense for New England – Pretty on par with Miami, but just inefficient. You know, like I felt like the play calling was a little vanilla, kind of similar to Sean McVay's approach. You know, you had this Miami team that was really dialed, really dialed in. They were getting their drives cut short, but still, like they were moving the ball, they were possessing the ball. The Patriots, you know, they I, I feel like they didn't know who they were. It felt like they were going to yeah. come out and be this run heavy team, and then all of a sudden, Mac Jones is passing a lot, and you're just like, whoa, slow down, pal. Like you don't know what you're doing <laughs> out there. Like you're going too fast. You know, so I don't know. I felt like the the passing game was not there for the Patriots whatsoever. You know, again, they by total yards they were able to keep on pace, but would have liked to seen more aggressive usage of Stevenson. Kind of how we talked about Mooney and Komet. Like get get some design plays for this guy. He's super talented. Dame Harris, yeah, you can just run him just up the middle all you want. And he's going to give it to you. Um, you might have some down weeks with that approach, but I, I I definitely think that Dame Harris is still a baller. He can definitely play. I don't think that the talent versus one of those running backs is light years above the other. But I do yeah. feel that both of them are be- like intrinsic weapons to their offense. And those guys should be taking the majority of the touches because you have two, right? And they always have depth at running back. The receiving weapons are okay, but no no one blows up the blows up the field. You know what I mean? Like Devontae Parker, where was he? He had a revenge game opportunity in Miami. If there's anyone that was used to the 105 degree heat, it was Devontae Parker. Come on, Devontae Parker, killing me. Yeah, it's the Patriots. I feel like they were one of the biggest overachievers in last year's season. And to be fair, they did come out and they beat a lot of teams, a lot of a lot of given weeks. This team lost a lot of pieces. Um, they lost Cal Van Noy. They lost J.C. Jackson, arguably a top three corner in all of the league. It's hard to replace you people like, like that, that. Oh, I love it, dude. Bring <laughs> bring all the ex-Patriots at this point, as long as they're not uh, – CJ Mosley. <laughs> the oh, thing about oh. former Patriots is uh, you just got to be careful if they're going to Matt Patricia or any other uh, Bill Belichick disciple, they're probably cooked. But JC Jackson, can't wait to see you play in a Chargers uniform. And Kyle Van Noy, thank you for your contributions. Back to the points. Um, yeah, this game, whenever you look at the actual raw data of it, they played, you know, stuff happened. Tyreek Hill, you know, eight receptions, 94 yards, didn't score a touchdown. Jalen Waddell. Yeah, find him in the end zone. I love Jalen Waddle. I have so much stock oh. in him in fantasy this year. Love Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds for me. Uh, he was super hyped up in terms of uh, fantasy this offseason in terms of like, mm-hmm. this is the guy you want to get in the late rounds. Well, right. you know, what you, what you see is what you get. 12 for 25 yards. The Chase Edmonds experience and hopefully catches a touchdown. He started um, off good, but he it, it just yeah. faded. Yeah, this was kind of how I expected the game to go. It's it's hard to like root for the Patriots in general because of the success they've had in the past. But this is not this is a team that in the offseason the front office said our receivers are not cutting it. So they traded Nikhil Harry, got some draft capital, and they were like, our big addition is Devontae Parker. And as Austin and I pointed out in our prediction for this matchup, New England's a team that has a bunch of like wide receiver threes playing wide receiver ones and wide receiver twos. And yep. whenever that's your game plan to try and move the rock through the air, it's not conducive to winning. And Miami was kind of in a similar situation before they drafted the guy in Jalen Waddle and traded for Tyreek Hill. But mm-hmm. this is what happens whenever you give, regardless of who the quarterback is, 
ample weapons to move the ball down the field. We saw it with Mitch Trubisky and his treasure trove in uh, Pittsburgh. If you bring talent, production usually follows, regardless of the caliber of quarterback. And whenever you have the caliber of quarterback and you surround them with talent, that's whenever Tyree Kill ascends to a top five receiver, top two receiver. True. That's the special part. But yeah, on paper, Miami was better equipped to win this game. They were playing at home, and whenever it comes to Miami, I wouldn't have want I wouldn't have wanted to be there. I was in Anaheim two weeks ago and the humidity was like over 40%, 105 outside. I was like, Damn. I'd rather be inside. And yeah, you know, I was absolutely. I was in Disneyland, so you know it's the happy place, happiest place on earth. Can't be mad, but sweating yeah, balls could, waiting in line for a roller coaster. Exactly. Yeah, I'm like, I can't wait to ride Space Mountain with the air condition and all the wind going through my hair. But yeah, no, you will catch me dead before I'm out of Miami Dolphins game at Hard Rock, unless it's February. But um, no, man, they got some they got some nice luxury box suites. I'm in the MetLife one right now. I mean, Miami, they got some <laughs> nice stuff down there. I'm just saying, like, hey, man, they got well, you they know, got jacuzzis just, and pools. I mean, Justin is our point. resident insider, <laughs> always saying. taking it to the hizzy. So Browns Panthers, I don't want to get too deep on this myself. Um, Baker Mayfield revenge game. Uh, the only revenge that was exact, exacted was Nick Chubb on uh, his former teammate. And by that, I mean Kareem, Kareem Hunt, Hunt took all of the touchdown equity. But, you know, Nick Chubb always rushing for over 100 yards and saying, I don't need the touchdowns. But, man, right. if this is all that Carolina is going to get, at, at what point do you just tank and try and get your next star quarterback? Because they can keep doing this thing where they're trading – for the next best option at quarterback. Mm -hmm. But every move they've made since Cam Newton regressed has been a lateral move at best. And whenever you're consistently lateraling, it's you're going to waste CMC, DJ Moore, and all of this talent that we know is there for this Carolina team. I, I think they need a change in leadership. I mean, Marcus Mariota, man, he was available. He was on the streets yeah. looking for a job. I said yeah. he would fit perfect in this offense can run, can run the triple option, can be more deceptive with the play calling. You have a rushing quarterback with CMC, like a legitimate one, not yeah. a poser like Cam Newton. Like, I'm sorry, but like those years were over when they brought him back. Like it, yeah. everyone knew that. And all of us were at home going, huh, what's going on? Sam Darnold, it's been written on the wall since he saw ghosts in New England. Like it's been over. Like it's, never, it's not going to be a thing. Obviously he's hurt. I feel bad for him in that instance. I do still feel like Baker Mayfield is an upgrade from those guys. Yeah. Now, by, by how much? I don't know. Can't yeah. really tell you. But he hasn't been there that long. I think there are better weeks ahead for the Panthers. I'm not going to overreact to a uh, poor CMC stat line, a poor DJ Moore stat line. DJ Moore has had a stat line stat lines like this before many times. He still is constantly hitting over 1,100 plus receiving yards. He's constantly still getting over 75 plus catches. Like he's going to be fine. CMC, literally his first action back at football. Literally his first action back in football in a year. He'll be fine. He's going to get used a lot. The very first play that they called to get CMC a touch, he was blown up for one for five, negative five. I knew it was going to be a long day at that point. Yeah. You could tell that the 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 Browns were ready for them. The Browns knew about Baker just as much as Baker knew about the Browns. They know what he could do. So both sides had a very good scouting report of the other, hence why we saw still such a really close game from not two really great quarterbacks. Um, to the Browns side, I fade all of the receivers for the Browns. I, I was had I had Ninjoku just kind of like in there because like, oh, he's a tight end. Reset's gonna get it to him. No, 
I don't want any of those guys. I'm not buying DPJ and his like, you know, okay week one. I'm not buying Amari Cooper to bounce back. I don't want any of those dudes. Give me all them running backs. Give me some cream hunt, Nick Chubb. Yeah. Um, I had the Panthers winning this game. I was optimistic for Baker Mayfield and his uh, chance at revenge. Surprised it was this close. It took uh, Cade York hitting the game winner. Um, both of these teams are less than optimal in terms of their output for week one. Jacoby Brissett surprised me, did not turn the ball over, which is huge for this Browns team. Their defense is good enough to keep games close, and their rushing attack, when healthy, is one of the best in the league. Their offensive line is really good. The receiver room I'm not in love with. Uh, whenever Donovan Peoples-Jones is pacing your pass catchers, it's not ideal. I like Amari Cooper talent-wise, but until he has a above-average quarterback tossing him the rock, you can't put much equity into him. Um, the Baker thing's going to get better. It, it has to. Um, I feel like a lot of pressure was put on Baker for this game because it was a revenge game. Mm-hmm. Since college, Baker really hasn't been the type for revenge. He's gone from uh, cupping his nuts to doing uh, progressive commercials or Geico, whatever it is. Like Hulu. Hulu, exactly. It has live sports, and Baker Mayfield wants to play live sports. McCaffrey didn't get carted off the field or leave due to an injury. That's a win in my book. Um, are we surprised Agreed. that Robbie An- are we surprised that Robbie Anderson's the guy that went for 100 yards? This is just Not Odell really. Beckham all over. If Not really. Baker Mayfield starts throwing to Robbie Anderson over DJ Moore for the rest of the season. It was never Odell. It was always Baker. Because if we see DJ Moore become an afterthought, I am going to lose my ever-loving mind. Because DJ, DJ Moore, is DJ so Moore was dueling with Denzel Ward, who is one of the best corners yeah, in the league. I know. Like it's it's a I it's know. still a bit of an overreaction. Yeah, Robbie had the easier looks. He Baker did. knows how to not attack Denzel Ward's side of the field. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like there's there's just a lot of lot of like. Not simple narratives, but just like, why didn't we think of this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, even yeah. when I had, I had, uh, what was it? Uh, Cleveland covering. They, 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 or no, yeah, yeah, they, Cleveland covering. They won by three. Um, but that was still just like, it was like zero, zero, well into the second quarter. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just complete grinded out type of feel them out game. Neither side really rose to the occasion. They just kind of like figured it out on the go. Yeah, no. Um, I, we didn't learn too much about either of these teams in this matchup. I think both of these teams, I think the Panthers will play a lot better throughout the season. I think the more reps Baker gets with the weapons, it's just going to get better. I still like their defense yeah. a lot, especially in their division. They've got a lot of younger guys that are extremely talented. I love Jeremy Chin. I love Brian Burns. JC Horn yeah. is going to continue to improve. CJ yeah. Henderson, if he can even remotely recapture what he had in Jacksonville, is a stud corner. This is a defense that has a lot of upside, not even including Derek Brown, huge body. It's it's going to get better for Carolina, and it, it kind of has to with the amount of talent they do have. Uh, Matt Rule, it will not get better for you. I kind of hope they're yeah, sluggish to start the year and they can finally get rid of him. I was going to say, he, he could be like a week five fire candidate in my opinion. First coach fired in my eyes. I feel like if they start out four, one and four, I think – there's no reason to keep him around there. There's no reason whatsoever. He hasn't built anything for the franchise. Um, besides well, they might want to take Moore, a look at their GM too, because I don't know who's yeah. been making these quarterback decisions. Cause my God. Yeah. If you were just judging their uh, roster construction based upon their defense, and then you're also looking at their uh, like skill positions, man, that front office is, you know, lights out, but the quarterback does matter. So, yeah. I, I feel like they're agree. just like, we have CMC. It'll be fine. Kind of like how is, Jerry Jones is like, we have Dak. 
it'll be fine. It's it's not cool. It's not fine. It's not working out. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, but the Browns will. I think the Browns are actually probably going to come out of this first five games looking at like a three and two record, probably at the worst, because I I just think their floor is relatively safe, especially in some of these lower tiered matchups they're going to get to start the year. Right. But speaking of matchups. People thought this game was going to go a certain way. I'm pleasantly surprised it didn't. Indianapolis and Houston just said, no, I don't want it. Do you want it? Apparently I not. Wanted it. I yeah. wanted it. <laughs> so, uh, Justin, how are you? I, I'm looking at the actual like box score in terms of like quarter by quarter. Mm. The Colts did not show up to uh, Houston until the fourth quarter because, wow, three points in three quarters is not what you expect from a team. That upgraded a quarterback. It's a, I would say it's a pretty lateral move at quarterback. I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. Carson Wentz, more of a backyard football player, constant impromptu play action. You know, why is he running that way? That's not what the playbook says. Why, why come back here? Oh, he threw a touchdown. That was crazy, weird. You know, like that's who Carson yeah. Wentz is. Or another time, it's an interception. Like it's, it's, you know, very coin flip uh, type of quarterback, reminiscent of, you know, your Jameis Winston 30 for 30 season, right? So, I don't know if Matt Ryan's necessarily a upgrade, but definitely a lateral move. I felt like Carson Wentz might as well have been playing for the Colts. It, you know, it, it kind of felt like that, but they were able to figure it out. You know, they're, I mean, I, on paper, they are the better team and they probably should have won. If Shaq Leonard's in that game, maybe that game's a little going a little bit better their way early on, right? I mean, they were yeah. still missing some pieces. Houston was a team that was playing for nothing. You know, just, hey, guys, we're, we're minus 400 or plus 400 underdogs here. Like, what are we doing? Like, come on, let's just go out there and have fun, right? They didn't have anything to lose. They are about to about to win. Uh, their, their defense showed up early, I felt like. Like, give it, up to, give it up to them. Colts were still playing on the road, not really overreacting too much to them. Matt Ryan and Pittman still look good. Jonathan Taylor was still Jonathan Taylor. More interested to see what develops from, you know, the secondary receivers out of that group. Alec Pierce dropped a touchdown in the end zone. Not cool, Alec Pierce. Do better. Um you know, outside of Pittman, I think Hines was second in, in catches with like six, six yep. for 50 or six for 60, something like that. So I think we need to see someone else step up there, whether it's going to be Campbell, uh, Pierce, Molly uh, Cox would have liked to see more out of him. I had to start him because George Kittle was hurt. Didn't like that very much. You know, from Houston, you're going to keep seeing a lot of this. A lot of, unfortunately, Rex Burkhead. You're going to be seeing a lot of Rex Burkhead uh, until Damian Pierce, you know, really gets the training wheels taken off. Yeah. Brandon Cooks is Brandon Cooks. Davis Mills kind of was that clear step forward that we thought we were going to see from him in the offseason. So a lot of positives, actually, for the Texans in this one. Kind of similar. It felt like, you know, they won, kind of like the, the Bengals and the Steelers, how the Bengals won, but, you know, the Steelers scored more points. Kind of felt like that. Like, man, Houston, like, they won this game, but they lost. You know, well, they tied, but they lost, you know, in the end of it because they should have had it won. Looking at the uh, team stats for this game, can you guess how much yards the, Col the Colts put up in total? Oh, probably a lot because, uh, man, Jonathan Taylor had a, had a lot of yards. Matt Ryan had a lot of passing yards. I'm going to say something like, uh, I don't know, like 387. 517 total yards. Holy hell. Didn't think it was that high. <laughs> the Texans, 299. The Crazy. Colts. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, um, for anyone that was concerned about uh, Taylor – after his monster year last year, um, mm -hmm. the monster mashes back. 31 carries is not insane for him, but 5.2 yards per carry for 31 
touches yeah, is absolutely is. insane. Um, shout out to Buffalo Bills for unleashing OJ Howard. We just didn't know it yet. Um, Davis Mills loves tight ends, and I didn't even I didn't even realize OJ Howard was on the Texans until I read the sheet. Yeah. So it's it's going to be a lot of the same out of the AFC South this year. You have the Colts and the Titans who really did not get better in the offseason, whereas the Texans and the Colts, by just the the laws that be, got better. Players got older. Um, culture got better. Yeah, culture got better. So you have the top two teams that have kind of stayed the same, addition by subtraction. One lost A.J. Brown, inherited Robert Woods. The Colts lost some pieces. They got Yannick Ngakwe, and they got Stephon Gilmore. They got rid of Carson Wentz. And they added Matt Ryan. So I just, the Titans and the Colts, not really inspired this year looking at the rosters. It's a lot of the same that we've seen over the last couple of years. But you've got some upstarts in the rest of this division that are going to make things super interesting. And speaking of interesting, Saints Falcons took me by surprise because the Falcons came out and punched the Saints in the mouth in the mouth in a way that I did not expect. Um, speaking of not expecting things, um, can someone please Stop letting Taysom Hill take Alvin Kamara's touchdowns. Um, as someone that drafted Taysom Hill as a backup tight end in a two tight end league, I'm feeling great about that right now. But at the same time, free Alvin Kamara, please. Taysom Hill's a cool dude, I'm sure. Apparently, he has dirt on Dennis Allen because the way he gets used makes no sense to me. But he's getting paid the- like like over ten million a year to do nothing. Yeah. They got to use him. He he went four for eighty-one in a touchdown on the ground. They they were they did not have to give him that touchdown either. They they were just like, man, this dude brought us all the way down the field. We're giving it to him. We're gonna force feed him in the red zone. And you he finished the, uh, it. So by all co- means, Taysom, you son of a bitch. Yeah, that yeah. was that was awful to watch. Like if you're a fantasy owner, I mean, if you're a Saints fan, you're I guess excited. You're pumped, like, I, I guess. Know yeah. How how you get excited about that? Like. Yeah, okay, this guy just did this. Do you think he's going to do this every single week? It's not It's not sustainable. Let's go. Get Mike Thomas in the field. Come on. And then they put Mike Thomas in the field, and he scored two touchdowns. I'm like, what is going on? The sky is falling. Yeah, my thing with this game, personally, it, Taysom Hill getting so much like shine at running back. For me, it's like, imagine the Thanksgiving game if Dennis Allen were the head coach and Kamara went for six. We'd be talking about the Taysom Hill five-tutty game. To this day. No, Taysom Hill is a thorn in everyone's side in fantasy. For yes, me, sir. this game was a, it was it, it was great. It was everything that I didn't expect it to be. I thought the New Orleans defense would put up a better fight against this Falcons offense, especially with uh no Calvin Ridley and no Tyler Algier. Drake London played played really well for a guy that I expected Marshawn Lattimore to shadow for the entire day. Um Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts underachieved in the grand scheme, but he's the best offensive weapon on the field. Of course, he's not going to get his usual uh, uh, fill of targets and yards. For me, it's all Michael Thomas this week. Jameis played extremely well, no turnovers. But Michael Thomas coming back and having the game that he did, as someone that drafted Michael Thomas at the discount in every league damn near, I love to see it. Um, Great story. He's a guy that's dealt with adversity over the last two, three years, and I think he's gotten a lot of disrespect in ways that he's never fully deserved. Slant Boy was funny for the year that he was the best receiver in football, but he put up two touchdowns and over 50 yards on one of the best corners that the NFL had last year in A.J. Terrell. So Jarvis Landry got all the yards, and that's great, but if Thomas is catching these touchdowns, the yards are going to follow. It's just the way it's going to work out. 
Well, the workload's going to go up because he didn't play for like the first half of the game because of oh quote unquote goodness. conditioning. And I was losing my mind because I took him out of lineups because literally two minutes before the kickoff, that's what comes, that's the tweet that comes out. I was like, oh, he's only going to play in 20 to 30 snaps. I'm like, no, you don't. 20 to 30 snaps my ass. You're playing in my lineup. And then he drops two touchdowns. Like, yeah. We just, gotta, we just got to understand for Jameis that any snaps with Michael Thomas are just passes touchdowns. to Michael Thomas. Yeah. Touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. Um, liked what I saw out of the Saints. You know, the Taysom Hill stuff. Yeah, it's annoying for fantasy, but as a football team, they took care of business. They got it done. Man. Atlanta, Marcus Mariota looks smooth. I don't care what anybody says. Yep. I was banging his drum all offseason. I just told you earlier about how I wanted to go to Carolina, et cetera. That was the call. Screw that call. ATL, let's go. Birds I, birds fly. I'm ready to go. I mean, he looks really good. I'm not a big Cordell Patterson guy, but you know he, he played pretty good this week. It seems like he's going to have a more defining role going forward with Damian Williams getting hurt. I don't think Tyler Algier is really that great. I I don't know. I feel like you'd have a little bit more focus. Like if they were actually ready to like roll him out, like they'd actually get him some design touches. But yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's going to be there for him. I think they're going to ride Patterson until the wheels fall off. Pitts will be better. London, I think, will be better. I think this is like his floor because he yep. was questionable this week. I think he's going to have some big weeks ahead as well. Olamide Zakius was kind of more of like the anomaly here. I think he'll yeah. that production will probably shift over to Pitts going forward. Yeah. No. Um. For Arthur Smith, I think Arthur Smith is actually a really good offensive mind in the NFL currently. I think he's underrated as the head coach. What he mm. did with Atlanta last year, whenever the brakes kind of fell off and Ridley wasn't able to play due to his mental health reasons and all that stuff. I think the Falcons are going to overachieve, for lack of better terms. I don't think they're bad enough to totally bottom out and get a top five pick. Um, sure. But yeah, Mariota looked good. I think it's really cool that uh, you saw the Jameis versus Mariota matchup for the first <laughs> week of this cool. season. Uh, classmates in the 2015 draft class. Um, I'm just happy right. to see both of them finding a home because they're both talented players that just really didn't have the chance after those rookie scale contracts were up. But speaking of contracts, uh, Lamar's is officially going to be done after this season. They have stopped talks and the franchise tag is going to be in effect because man, uh, a healthy Baltimore Ravens team, regardless of who they're playing 24 to nine against the jets, Ravens flock. I am very happy to see a healthy Lamar Jackson and him having his weapons at his own disposal. Yeah, he looked he looked great. I would have liked to have seen more of a rushing attack from him. It's the Jets after all. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe closer to that J, uh, Jalen Hurts stat line would have been mm-hmm. a little bit more appetizing from Lamar Jackson. But the weather conditions weren't great, so maybe they told him just like, "Hey, man, like you know, it's the Jets, like." go easy on the legs huh like you know it's it's, it's the jets like we're gonna be fine and they were fine um joe flacco had a bunch of garbage time stats i think he threw for over like 300 passing yards somehow completely spread the ball around um but the ravens look great you know i i didn't like some of the early uh early dead drives you know they were able to figure it out there were a couple of drops uh just a couple of misreads you know lamar does have uh obviously you know not new new receivers. He had Bateman last season. Isaiah likely is new. Isaiah likely had a couple of bad bad plays. I think he'd like to have back. Devin Duvernay uh, was definitely a, a delightful surprise for Ravens fans. Uh, two touchdowns, awesome to see. Bateman didn't have the greatest day, but he did have the big play breaker downfield, which I think you know if you're you know a pessimist that, that that's something that you definitely want to see is like all right, well at least he was able to hit a big one for a touchdown. Yep. But going forward, you definitely want to see him in the game plan more earlier and often. 
And same goes for Mark Andrews. Only five catches for Mark Andrews. That's kind of a dud in Mark Andrews' uh, territory or in, in consideration to what he can do. So just felt like a game like they just kind of felt like they had won and they weren't really going to be really risky or you know set themselves up to just fail. It was just very technical football. I remember the first score was a field goal over a touchdown. I'm going, man, that's crazy. Like I f- would have figured they scored three touchdowns before they'd have to kick a field goal up against the Jets. My goodness, you know. Um, jet side of things, they need Zach Wilson back. I mean, even with Flacco looking like okay, you know, you obviously saw way too many dead drives. Um, Brees Hall, I think, led the team in targets with like six. I, that's obviously not good when you have Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, now Garrett Wilson. Like, you need to be pushing the ball down the field. Flacco is going to be way too conservative. I'm ready to bring out the great white uh, Mike, uh, get, get him out there, let him chuck the ball. He's, he's actually going to try and push the ball down the field. You know, you're already down 0-1. Patriots are down 0-1. You, you know, obviously the Bills are atop of the division, but you know, try try to get it, try to get yourselves ahead in the division before you know it's all over. Yeah, this was a. Uh, I kind I kind of feel bad for Jets fans. Um, they were a team that like post NFL draft felt like they had some real momentum going, and then the Zach Wilson news came out. And I'm not talking about his knee, and then the knee happened, and now felt like that was got... great news. I feel like the Jets, great... Jets fans love that news. Well, you know, whenever you haven't made the playoffs in so many years, any news is good news. Um, yeah. They lost Becton. It's, it's just a, it's this myriad of injuries for a team yeah. that's still trying to get its footing. It's like you take one step and you insert the uh, soundbite of my leg. Like it's just New York hasn't had a whole lot to cheer for since that NFL draft happened. They've got a lot of really good pieces. They just need all of their pieces to take the field same time. And so – if you would have told me Joe Flacco was starting for the Jets in 2014, I would have been like, "Okay, this is cool. It's 2022, and Joe has not had Joe. Joe's no longer the cool guy. He's the uh, elder statesman, and there's no it's Jacoby Jones. There's exactly. no Jacoby Jones in this story. Like, throw the ball to Elijah Moore, more I guess, because Elijah Moore is that guy. And Corey Davis, shout out for you having a good game. Whenever I was saying you were the guy in this offense to get last year, so it's. It's, it's not going to be good. It's going to be a lot of ugly, and it'll probably be a lot of bad. Um, a lot of talent on the offensive side. Some decent talent on the uh, defensive side as well. Uh, there's two Michael Carters on this team, so don't get too confused. Uh, one's only got one, – they're both in the 30s. So just if you see number two next to the three, that's the running back. You see the zero, that's the defensive back. Sauce Gardner had a good first week. He only allowed like one completion. Still no touchdowns on his watch, so – uh, the sauce is still. He wasn't. In the he wasn't on the Bateman coverage. I'm not sure because I saw Pro Football Focus. They were like he had like one reception for like eight yards allowed on the day. Oh, all right. Well, then, and, he, then he could not have been if that's the case. Yeah, I guess so. Apparently, why is Joe Flacco on the defensive alignment? I, I just need answers. Whatever. Um. So, congrats to the Ravens if they stay healthy. They're my pick for this division. I just think they're going to be good, and that's them playing without J.K. Dobbins. They're still rolling out this running back platoon that we saw last year just with new faces. Instead of uh, Devonta Freeman and Le'Veon Bell, we have Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis until J.K. and Gus get back. So great step forward for this Ravens team. Speaking of steps forward, uh, the Jaguars and the Commanders put up more points than I expected in the first week. Mm -hmm. Um, Is Carson Wentz the truth for the Commanders, Justin? 
No, it's going to be up and down like this all yeah. season long. He threw four touchdowns and two interceptions this week. He'll throw two touchdowns and four interceptions next week. It's going to be a wild ride, Commanders fans. So buckle up. Uh, he's he's just not uh, you know the bill of consistency. You know he he's yeah. he just doesn't gleam it right. I mean, I would have liked to see Terry included more in this game. I think Antonio Gibson may have led his team in targets. Is that right? Do you have that up? Um. I only have the reception data, so he was okay. second in the team in receptions behind Curtis Samuel. But I would I would assume Gibson probably had the most uh, targets. Just to well, have it's, it's, it's one of those two, and, and yeah, great to see Curtis Samuel kind of back at it, producing yeah. someone that I can't root against. I know a lot of people were down on him this offseason. Oh, Jayon Dotson's going to come in and take his role. Well, they both played well this week, and it wasn't Terry McLaurin's <laughs> big. It wasn't Big Terry's week, but he did still find a touchdown as well. God, I have to imagine they get Terry more involved. I have to believe yeah. that's a focal point going forward. But when Carson Wentz is forced into situations, when you make him do something he doesn't want to do, he's probably going to throw an interception. So forcing the ball to Terry may not be the answer. I have to expect we're going to see a lot more tar- targeting to the running back, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, and probably some more progression from Terry and Curtis Samuel. Jayon Dotson's pretty interesting. Two touchdowns, three catches. Is that sustainable? Not so sure. Find out in the weeks to come here. But I, I, it's not an offense that I want to get involved with every single week in like DFS or betting and things like that. Like they could have just as well as lost that game to the Jaguars, who also played pretty well. Liked what I saw yeah. out of Trevor Lawrence early, kind of faded as the game went on, in my opinion. Christian Kirk was pretty much as promised, like what his role was going to be. He's going to get used all over the field. He's going to be a high-volume receiver going to be some low a dot uh, targets going to be some high I data a dot targets he's going to be used everywhere huge buy candidate in fantasy football if you can get him for the right price you don't want to overpay for him but if if there's someone willing to sell that's that's definitely somebody i want to target on that team uh james robinson versus the etn narrative that was fun that yeah. was super fun for everyone that was screaming at me on twitter for saying not to draft Travis Etienne in the third round. Like, my God, that was driving me crazy all offseason. I felt like, you know, I was Ron Burgundy screaming in a phone booth, like, what is happening? You know, James Robinson came back. He was running sprints, like straight line sprints in June. It's really shouldn't be that expected. It's just that people are just so against, you know, listening against the media. Like, everybody just buys into what's being put out there. Etienne looks good. He could have a lead role in this offense. Like, what do you mean? He's never played a snap in the NFL. What do you mean yeah. a lead guy? You know what I mean? James Robinson, you can trust him at least bare bones in the red zone. There was a target to ETN where he volleyballed the ball. It was, there was a target, and he was like, that. What are you doing, son? You catch the ball. Yeah. Like, you don't swat it. What are you doing? It was, it was terrible. I'm just like, that's embarrassing, bro. And then after that, James Robinson had a reception touchdown. Like ETN didn't fill out any of his like offseason narrative whatsoever. No pass yeah. catching, not a lead guy. His rushing was efficient. I'll give him that. What is he like four for 47, 47. or four? Yeah, so something crazy. That's yeah. cool. But he didn't rush the ball, you know, like a like like you were saying earlier. Like you can get a high average with low amount of carries, but if you want to be Jonathan Taylor someday, you got to be the 31 for five, right? So yep. yeah, Jacksonville, I feel like they're gonna get better this season. I feel like they're yep. gonna get better. Rough week one for them, just ran into a, a weird quarterback situation on the other side. Yeah, no. Um, 
I like I, I like the Jaguars a lot. I, I'm happy that Trevor Lawrence didn't throw three picks and his receivers actually caught the ball for once. Looking at right. you, LaVisca Chanel, uh, they shipped him out of town, so maybe that's going he to bring benefits. Too. Yeah, he didn't, just, he didn't even dress for Carolina. It's it's the the, the uh, just, it's night and day the talent on this offense compared to last year. It was just bleak for the Jaguars, especially whenever you have Urban Meyer coaching it for the first half of the season. Right. I just like them. Everything's trending up. Doug Peterson is like leaps and bounds above what Urban Meyer was last season. And Ron Rivera is a decent head coach. The commanders have pieces. Um, Chase Young is not back yet. That defense, I still don't love the secondary. Their front four is still elite, especially whenever Chase Young gets back. Carson We're Wentz talking like the, week five. Yeah, Carson Wentz is the variance that this team is going to suffer from. Um, like you said, any week he gives you four touchdowns, two picks, you might get one or two weeks where it's like one touchdown, two picks, two touchdowns, four picks. Gibson, I like how Antonio Gibson played in this game. He didn't get the touchdown on the ground or a touchdown in the air, but he got yardage. And he is going to be involved in this offense until Brian Robinson gets back on the field. And to be honest, I still think Gibson is going to be a factor in this Washington offense because he is so talented. And we forget too often that he is a converted receiver to NFL running back. So I just think Gibson is going to have to have a role in this offense for them to be the best that they can be. Really happy to see Curtis Samuel actually back on the field and producing. I loved him out in Carolina. I wish they could have kept him around in Carolina because I thought him and DJ Moore together is just a lot of people that have to cover, especially with the speed. Mm-hmm. Terry obviously is going to be included in this offense. They paid him the money to be the guy. So there's no reason to pay him all that money to give him two receptions on the day. Um, Logan Thomas, happy that he's healthy. Jahan Dotson, two touchdowns in your first game. Good for you, man. Let's see you follow it up in week two. Um, they had a really good first week, and Jacksonville really did everything they could to make sure that it wasn't easy. And I digress. I did not draft ETN in any of the third rounds of my drafts, but I loved him in rounds like four, five, six, just because I think while James Robinson is a threat to his touches. The talent for ETN is there, in my opinion. Like he, he was a first-round running back, and for all the uh, stuff that we give in terms of like Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, I think whenever you give their a college quarterback one of their weapons from their college career, it translates easier than say someone that they've never played with. And I get it; right. he's a running back, but I think Doug Peterson is creative enough to get ETN touches in space, and if Robinson sees any time off of the field due to any complications with injury. I think ETN is talented enough per touch to be able to capitalize upon it. And even with a split, I think ETN eventually his talent will show through, but I agree. Third round was really steep. That felt like Josh Jacobs rookie year, the way that he was getting drafted. Mm-hmm. It's got to see it on the field, but yeah, no uh, sky is pointing straight up for this Jacksonville team, especially going against the team and the Colts next week. That couldn't even beat out the Texans. I, I do think the Colts are probably going to win next week. But if Jacksonville and Houston are coming out and putting up 20 a game, they're going to be a hard out for anybody. And then, so we're back at it. That's week two. And so after Jaguars commanders, um, Aaron Rodgers does not own the city of Minnesota. So, um, what what are we thinking? Um, Jordan Love got some shine in this game. Four for five is the future now. Probably not, but no. What, what, just, are, what are it's just garbage what's, time? What's going on, man? I didn't expect the Packers to come out and like score forty points. 
This right. is the second straight year they've kind of had a dud to start the year, but at least this year they don't have Devonte Adams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last year they had the the dud I think against the the Saints to to start the season, and they finished just fine. Not really going to overreact. They'll have Alan Lazard back next week. Aaron yeah. Rodgers that doesn't have doesn't have a wide receiver three. You know, you mentioned like the Patriots have you know a bunch of wide receiver threes trying to be a one. He has wide receiver fours and fives. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Yeah, he, he has rookies that you know may have played well in the preseason and Romeo Dobbs, but dude, these ain't third string, second string, you know, corners. These, these are NFL players that you're going up against yep. now. It's a little bit different story. Uh, Aaron Jones was probably the biggest disappointment for me. He should have been a more focal point of their attack, yep. more design runs, more design catches. He could have been the pulse for their offense. They just didn't do it. Um, they are, yeah. yeah, they are just leaning in all the way into AJ Dillon. I don't get it. I like that both of them get used, but when you don't have a receiver, somebody has to shift over somewhere and clean it up, whether it's Rob Tanyan getting touchdowns, whether it's Aaron Jones getting catches, whether it's A.J. Dillon getting carries, whatever it is, like somebody you know, has to fill some shoes here, and nobody wanted to step up, it felt like, for the, yeah. for the Packers. Aaron just felt like he was just felt like slinging it to nobody. Like, literally, just yeah. like, guys are going the wrong direction. They're not running the right plays, like, you know, I know that there's like the whole skepticism of, oh, Aaron doesn't like rookies. Well, it might be for a good reason. Like it may not be yeah. because they're not very good yet, you know, and yeah. they're not drafting Justin Jefferson. They're not drafting Jamar Chase. They're drafting Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. Like these were like the first like utility players that he got Aaron Rodgers. That is like from any sort of like early rounds, like two or three or, or more. Right. I know uh, Dobbs was later a later pick, but still like this is the first sign of help that he's gotten in forever. It's just going to take some time. I'm not really overreacting to that from like a team basis or a fantasy standpoint. They could be a lot better up against uh, Chicago next week, and I'm a Chicago fan. Minnesota was great. I mean, just absolutely amazing. Dalvin Cook, I feel like, you know, fantasy owner, you want to see that touchdown, but 90 rushing yards even on the 20 attempts is just fine for me. Cousins had a day. Jefferson had, had a day. Really, the only question with this team is, is you know, who's going to step up behind Justin Jefferson? I would imagine from what we saw from this offense, you know, Adam Thielen should have a pretty safe floor going forward, more of yeah. a touchdown dependent type of option. But I don't think we're going to see week in and week out Justin Jefferson, you know, playing like he did this week. You know, obviously this was a big boom for him, but otherwise he's going to get like 2,500 receiving yards this season if he does. Not betting on that to happen. Could have a very big year, but, uh, you know, everyone's kind of got to temper expectations. He's not going to do this every week. So for me, I was waiting for what the Vikings were going to be because I was I, I I've been talking to people just off podcast and stuff like and I, I I was telling somebody I was in like the chat this chat room and I was like I mm. I, I I don't think it's a hot take but I, I genuinely feel that like the Vikings are like a lock for the playoffs and they're like they're they have a better chance at making yeah. a Super Bowl than most teams in the AFC currently that aren't Bills, Chiefs, Chargers. Like, that's just the way easier, it's There's out. a clearer path. Easier yeah, path, yes, 100%. It's not, it's not so muddy and like it is in the AFC with all the talent. And I think their offense is built to withstand some of these top-scoring units. Because, I hear me out, Kevin O'Connell had a great first week as the Minnesota Vikings head coach. And he was the lead guy offensively for Los Angeles last year. And Cooper Cup was the lead guy in the NFL last year. Will Justin Jefferson be Cooper Cup this year? Most likely not. They look pretty holy similar. Shit. <laughs> holy shit! That's what I'm saying because, like, we 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 don't want to overreact and say Justin Jefferson's going to go for 2,000 yards, right? But if there's anybody else in the league that I think 
could do it besides what Cooper Cup did last year. Justin Jefferson is he's the he's the blueprint because he came in his rookie year. He broke like every record for a rookie receiver. Then Jamar did it the year after. Then he outpaced everybody for a second year receiver. It's like this could be happening. The, like the Vikings have been so average for so long. They get rid of Mike Zimmer, thank God. And now the offense can actually do something. Justin Jefferson, in my opinion, is the only receiver I would pick to start my franchise with out of the entire league. If I had one choice to make at that position, it's Jefferson and everybody else. And sure, they're splitting hairs on the back end of two and three. But right. I, I just love what Jefferson brings. And it's crazy to me how he was the two for Joe Burrow at LSU. That's how good that receiver room was. And yeah. so I can't blame the Packers. I expected them to have a dud. I think I'm a, I actually picked the Packers to win this game. I was not under the influence of alcohol, surprisingly, whenever I made that pick. I trusted Aaron Rodgers, and I expected Aaron Jones to actually touch the ball more than 10 times this game. Um, yeah, that's, cr- that's, that's criminal in a cr- game like yeah. that. It feels like every time Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have struggled in the past, Aaron Jones would have like a four-touchdown game and pull them out of the shit. And I just don't get how like Matt LaFleur didn't do something like that. It just it seems he just could have had 15 targets in that game, Aaron Jones. Yeah, like, Aaron Jones. I love AJ Dillon. I have Dylan in some leagues just due to the value of what he presents in that offense now. But he's he's if, their guy. Like they love him. He out did he not out touch Aaron Jones? I'm pretty sure he did. Dylan had five, like two or three touches, and Jones had no, but like five, like eight almost. Eight? So he out touched him by eight. Do they know who Aaron Jones is? Like it was by do you seven. You know how much you're paying him? Like you're paying yeah. him. That's a what starting I'm running back salary. Like it's you could asinine. It's absolutely why, asinine. Trade Aaron Jones and pay Devontae Adams. Like they could have let Aaron Jones do. walk. Aaron Jones, I think, Devontae was going to go to Miami. And they were like, yeah. nah, 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 nah. Cut all that out. We're gonna, we're bringing you back. Like this is like if the Browns gave Kareem Hunt like league setting money at running back to pair with Nick Chubb. It makes no, no sense. Is, it would be more like if you yeah. know they refused to trade Kareem Hunt and then didn't use him. See what they yeah. did was right. They were like, all right, we're not going to trade you, but here's two, here's two touchdowns. That's nice on your game <laughs> check, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like they yeah. did the right thing. They said, all right. We're not trading you, but you're a huge part of this offense. You're going to be an identity of the offense to start the season because of our quarterback situation. You're going to get used a lot, and you're getting paid. So no trades needed. You know what I mean? I just, for me, Green Bay feels like this iceberg, kind of like the Titanic. I feel like they've been on the ship, and Green Bay's been heading towards this iceberg since, like, Jordy Nelson even retired. Because it's like Mm -hmm. Green Bay seems like they pay the wrong dude a lot of the time. Like, I'm not saying Aaron Jones is a bad signing, but in the grand scheme, whenever they have to get rid of Devontae Adams, whenever they've signed Aaron Aaron Rodgers to this contract, and now they can't afford it because they have Rodgers and Aaron Jones on maximum contracts, now they're starting Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson at receiver, whenever they could have A.J. Dillon and Devontae Adams. If Lazard was there, it would have been been better, but they still lose the game. They don't just get one touchdown. You you, you you probably see them – you know, you probably see them lose maybe by like, you know, four to seven, but they still lose that game because yeah. they were beat at every single level. The pass rush, um, balls downfield, everything like, you yeah. know, the their defense showed up to the, the Vikings. So, yeah, they, they need to do a lot uh, up there in Green Bay. And, yeah, I don't mind if they're an iceberg because uh, Justin Fields is global warming, baby. We're coming for him. Hey, man. Well, you know, Aaron, he cut his hair. Maybe it's bad luck. I expect him to improve next week. But, man, when he's bald. Minnesota. 
he 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 shaved it off. At least on the side, he's got his nice little fade going. And speaking of fading, uh, I'm not fading Saquon Barkley ever again in my lifetime. Um, <laughs> I. I, I I've been a Saquon truther in fantasy for a while now. I've had, I didn't have any stock in him last year. Two years ago, I drafted him like second overall. And that was the year where he just missed games. He got hurt. But if he's healthy, Saquon Barkley is as electric at the position as you're going to see. Mm-hmm. If we were so enthralled and just ecstatic about Jonathan Taylor's 160 something on 31 carries, Saquon Barkley's 18 for 164 is literal heroin in my veins. 9.1 yards per carry, Justin. This man is on a different planet. Um, mode. And then we're talking about the receiving work. Six for 30 yards. He had a rushing touchdown. He had the two-point conversion. Saquon Barkley's back. And oh, if yeah. he's this good and Brian DeBull is going to coach this team this well, who gives a shit what Daniel Jones does as long as he's not turning the ball over? Dude, that one turnover, though. I'm not going to lie. Like I am not a money hooker, okay? I don't play football. I talk about football. But I swear to you, Devin, I could have made that interception, okay? He telegraphed it. Like, he wrote the letter, sang a, uh, send, sent a singing telegram guy, and just was like, hey, here comes the ball. I mean, it was – I mean, Dable was infuriated with him after that play. He was screaming yeah. at him on the sideline practically. Obviously, that's still going to be a huge issue for them going forward. Love, love, love that Saquon showed up. I went to bat for him this offseason. He was my running back nine. Most of the public had him around like 15, 16, kind yep. of close to that dead zone, you know, during the summer, drafted, summer months. He was like the 24th pick in the SPN drafts, that's, which is yeah, insane. That's, he was like that's third crazy. round value. Yeah. That's crazy. How do you think that they're going to use him? Like, like when, that's all I asked people. Yeah, like, I was, <laughs> when, when people when people were giving me all this harp about Eli Mitchell, and I know he's hurt now. He was a guy yep. that I banged the drum for all, all offseason, right? That player – his ADP last year was 27 with 11 games played, right? 27. Yeah. He was being drafted as like running back 29 yeah. with 11 games played. Well, it's, it's the A.J. Very, Dillon thing too. It's, it's like a very was, similar situation. Yeah, it's like, well, it was the A.J. Dillon thing in this offseason as well. It's like, yes, he was the RB25 last season. Devontae Adams has gone and his role has drastically increased. Like people right. were taking Tony, Tony Pollard over A.J. Dillon and it's like, no, Zeke I is mean, still Zeke, and yeah, Pollard can play in the receiving game, but Dylan Zeke, is a Zeke only outsnapped him by like two, but we'll get to that one here in a minute. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, like... I, I get you, but it's it, it's insane. <laughs> it's looking at the New York Giants and saying Saquon's not going to have it. It's like he has to. He, Dayball has no choice but to give Saquon Barkley the ball because now Wondale right. Robinson is injured and Kadarius Tony just can't see the field. It's right. mind boggling. I felt like this game more so was just the Titans folding. Like they just yep. they just lost this game. Um, none of their receivers showed up. Shout out Kyle Phillips, the sleeper from the deep. I mean, this guy was going undrafted, Mr. Round 18, Mr. Round 22, Mr. Round 25. Like the deep, as deep value as you can get, shining like a like a diamond, Kyle Phillips. Go out and buy that guy in fantasy for sure. But man, that Titans defense was hot garbage. They sh- they should they should have won that game. What 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 were yep. what were they up? Were they up fourteen nothing? Um, I'll give you the numbers. Um, yeah, it was uh, thirteen nothing, and then uh, yeah, they put yep. up thirteen for the Giants in the uh, like third quarter, the and then eight in the fourth. Yeah, no, it's yeah. the AFC South is just full of uh, giving up leads and. Jumping out to hot starts, it's this will Fantastic. be the hot and cold division. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. So no shout out to though. 
Shout out to the Texans gonna... and Colts leading their own division. Maybe that's what they were saying. They're like, I don't, I don't think Tennessee's going to win today. Let's just, you know, Guys, shake I, hands. I saw this Chargers game from last year. I know what to do. <laughs> Rich Passaccia is in the background. Like, I <laughs> that game will haunt me until the day that I'm dead. All the discourse around it, I still can't get over it. <laughs> yeah, but good, good on Brian DeBull for getting the win. Um, yeah, it was, still not, it was all right. Yeah, it's Titans have to be better than this. Derrick Henry has to be better moving forward. Mm-hmm. Like he he got twenty carries, didn't find the end zone, and he averaged almost four yards of carry. So that's good, but it's not right. Derrick Henry. Like it's not what no, we're no, accustomed no, no. to. Um, yeah, no, I, I feel like it wasn't a great game script for him in the, in the second half. Yeah. Obviously, um, I feel like you know there are going to be better days. Uh, better days for him. Honestly, the I think the biggest issue I had was the receivers for the Giants. Yep. Like they got to figure this out. Like. I thought Kadarius Tony and Wandel, Wandel Robinson were supposed to be it. Like they're going to be the top yep. guys, and we're still seeing Sterling Shepard and Kenny Galladay doing nothing. I mean, yeah, Shepard had the big play for a touchdown, but like, come on, like ninety percent of the game you do nothing. You know yep. what I mean? Like, it's super frustrating. They got to get Kadarius Tony more touches. Yeah, the wide receiver room in uh, New York right now is just essentially cardio, Planet Fitness for most of the game. It's crazy. Yeah, um, but man, I. Th- for me, the Titans, I'm not alarmed. This is the floor of what we're probably going to see. It's nice that Tannehill didn't turn the ball over at all coming off of his last game in the playoffs. Um, and I do expect Traylon Burks and uh, Robert Woods both to have better days moving ahead, especially Robert Woods coming off that ACL. The more he plays, the better he's going to be. Um, so Kyle Phillips is a surprise for sure. And Dontrell Hilliard is going to have a role in this offense, six for 61. But I expect the uh, I expect this group of fast catchers to develop and become better as the season goes along. And speaking of the season going along, uh, bolt gang or don't bang, uh, bolt up, uh, rate what nation? Uh, yeah, this is my game. This is my I circled this game as soon as the schedule came out, Justin. I cannot lie to you. And oh, boy, sure was I was I sweating by the end of the third quarter because holy shit, I was ready to be pissed um for me this game was about the chargers defense um the offense really stalled as soon as keenan allen went out uh lombardi got a little conservative in the second half Derek carr gave this game away for lack of better terms in my opinion three picks is unacceptable especially whenever you're playing a top five possession yeah Yeah, the top five offense in terms of like efficiency last year you Mm -hmm. cannot turn the ball over more than twice against this chargers team and expect to win especially Absolutely. with the defense that we're now seeing. Um, but if you're looking at the overall game, it was pretty It was pretty even. Uh, rushing yards, the Chargers won out in terms of like everything besides efficiency, but it was not this blowout in terms of overall yards, passing yards, or rushing yards. Right. They beat up. They were tied for first downs. The Chargers had one more uh, third down conversion, but they played more third downs. The Raiders were 50% on fourth. The Chargers were 0 for 1. Uh, the Chargers ran more plays and held the ball for five more minutes and they won the turnover battle with the interceptions and they got to Derek Carr. The offensive line is the real deal in Los Angeles. I was a little nervous with um, just our right tackle uh, fielder playing in the place on the opposite side of Slater, but with Zion Johnson at the right guard and then we have Pipkins next to Slater and Lindsley at center. They held up better than I could have expected. Chandler Jones and Max Crosby were held relatively as quiet as possible. Herbert mm-hmm. took a couple hits here or there, especially on that slide, which turned out to be a blessing in disguise getting the flag. But I I cannot say enough about Justin Herbert. 
so the ball, some of the balls he throws make little sense to me. Three touchdowns, 279. Eckler had a relatively quiet day. Joshua Kelly and yeah. Sony Michelle were a nice compliment. Once once Keenan went down, thank God DeAndre Carter signed in the offseason. I was pumped for him just due to the upside of our special teams and return units because mm. Andre Roberts, for as good as he was in our, our stretch last year, Ain't it he, ca- he, he, he kind of led to the downfall in that Raiders game. We, we lost yeah. by a field goal in overtime. They scored a touchdown on that turnover off of that kickoff return. Not all of his fault, but we upgraded the return game. We have two wide receiver threes, like a solid three in Palmer and a three B in Carter, in my opinion. Gerald Everett was good in the game, scored a touchdown, 54 yards. I should have started him over Irv Smith in fantasy. Hindsight's 20-20. But this Chargers team is built to contend now. They I, And the thing about this team, it would be one thing if Williams, Keenan, and Palmer just eviscerated the Raiders secondary. But you have – one, two, three, four, five, six players with over three receptions. Mm-hmm. Herbert spreads the ball, and that's what makes this team so damn difficult to guard. And I can get into the defensive numbers. Asante Samuel Jr. answered the call against Devontae Adams as, as, as best as one really can. Devontae had an amazing day. Um, Drew Tranquil with a big pick. Kenneth Murray actually played pretty well in a way that I haven't seen over the last two years. And just the depth. The depth showed and once J.C. Jackson is back. I'm gonna get belligerent, Justin. That's all I have to say. It's it's gonna. I'm gonna go feral on some of these weeks, but um, the Raiders do it. The, the Raiders, the Raiders played well. Um, I'm not gonna really. Okay. I'm not. I'm not gonna de- denounce them. I don't like their defense, and I think their problem is going to be they're gonna get into shootouts. And mm. the offense is great, but their defense is not going to be consistent enough, especially on the back end and the secondary, for them to compete with most of the teams in the AFC West on a week to week basis. So they could put yeah, up 25 a game and you could have KC dropping 30 or the Chargers oh, yeah. dropping 20. Yeah. And it's Absolutely. just difficult. So what KC did this week is nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Vegas, I, I think they'll be fine from like a fantasy perspective. I think all those guys are going to get theirs um, team wise. Yeah. They, they, they still, I mean, even with the, the upgraded offense, they didn't feel like they were a team that's, you know, going to the Super Bowl. They're going to be more yep. competitive probably than they were last year because they have better players. They got, got Devonta Adams. Hunter Renfro, better weeks are coming. Darren yep. Waller was kind of so-so. Um, Josh Jacobs kind of, again, so-so. Was he 10 for 57? Had a couple of catches. Yeah, he mm-hmm. had like one one catch. Yeah, One so, catch, I mean, 16 yards. Yeah, 70 those guys yards. Will, those guys will get better. I'm, I'm actually, I mean, yeah, the Chargers won, but I'm kind of concerned about the Chargers. Like Keenan Allen's banged up. Yep. Mike Williams didn't play great in week one. I'm expecting Eckler and, and Mike Williams to play much better in a week two, but yeah, they have to kind of dis- disappointed from what I saw. I mean, Keenan was doing Keenan things before he left, you know, he's big 40 yard gain. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that, that was really the biggest disappointment for me other than, uh, you know, Derek Carr throwing three interceptions and just kind of blowing it. Cause realistically, you know, he cleans that up. He's got three inter- or three touchdowns and one interception. They're winning this game. So, yep. Yeah, so it's going to be a fun year. I've, I'm still rolling the Chargers. I think this coming week is going to be interesting. I wish Keenan Allen would be playing. He's not going to play this week. There's just no way short with week. the hamstring injury. In yeah, a short, a short week. week. So Mike Williams has to show up. But, man, this back half of the slate has been really good aside from Cowboys Bucks. But we'll get into that. But speaking of uh, AFC West quarterbacks, Mahomes heard the talk in the offseason. And he <laughs> said, Tyreek's cool, but I'm I'm better. Um, 
the Cardinals played a decent game. 20 points on the Chiefs isn't a terrible thing to do, but we're getting back to this point because a big part of my evaluation of Kansas City last year was inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. We're going to see a more consistent Kansas City this year just based upon the offensive line unit and having that full year together. Mahomes is protected, and Travis Kelsey's still there. And while they did get rid of Tyreek Hill, this assemblage of receivers is deeper than I think any unit he has had in the grand scheme of it. Missing Tyreek yeah. Hill's upside, sure, it sucks, but it's not like he is now without talent around him because mm-hmm. he most definitely is not. And if CEH is going to catch two touchdowns a week, I guess we're just going to chalk them up to play in the Super Bowl because, man, they look good. I don't know if I'm that to be a, a regular occurrence, but we'll see. Not at all. No way. <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco, though, 12 carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Everyone was, was saying gar- – A lot of it was in garbage, garbage time. time. Yeah, okay, yeah, because they were up by a lot for most of the game. But um, Clyde Edwards was a guy. Yeah, he he was the guy to start the game. Pacheco got some decent garbage time, which is nice. I think yeah. all of those guys are ownable in fantasy. McKinnon yep. in you know the most deepest formats. Like he didn't mm-hmm. have a great day, but I think he still finished like just under fifty total yards. So I mean, pretty good for any running back. David Montgomery would have loved that production, um, yeah. especially as fantasy owners. Uh, Pacheco was able to finish with a touchdown, whether you want to call it garbage time or not. It was at the end of the game, whatever they're up by a lot. Um, Hey, value is value, right? Uh, The receivers loved what Juju Kelsey were doing. MVS, I think could have some pretty big weeks, some pretty random explosive weeks. So definitely look out for that. I mean, they could have had the same receiver group, even with Tyree kill, if they really wanted to, they could have just had MVS and Juju, but you know, Tyreek's not there anymore. So you're not going to have those, I mean, I, I like how you were saying with the, the group being deeper, I see them more efficient because you don't have to take more risky uh, throws downfield. Tyreek's gone. You know, the, the average A dot's probably going to come down a little bit from all the targets they're going to go to Kelsey, you know, between nine to 12 receiving yards or, you know, off the line of scrimmage. Yep. And then the Cardinals, um, whenever Trace yeah. McSorley's playing in the game, things probably didn't go their way to the best of their abilities. I didn't expect the Cardinals to win this game. Still not a fan of Cliff Kingsbury in the highest degree. Mm-hmm. Kyler got his money. He threw, threw two touchdowns, scampered around a bit. James Conner found the end zone. Good for your fantasy team. His yardage was not. Uh, just Greg Dortch being the leading receiver is not what you want to see for this offense. Yeah. And Marquise no, Brown. Pass. Yeah, it's it was just not their day. 21 points is commendable. This is a Kansas City unit. I'm just surprised their defense played so well with the departures of Tyron Matthew and uh, they lost Melvin Ingram after the uh, postseason. So I just think adding their who they got in their draft and even losing Chavarius Ward in the offseason, this defense came out and they they played extremely well, especially with how, how quick the pace was for this offense. Just an overall great showing, and it's why Kansas City is probably the team to beat in the AFC West, if not all of the AFC, including Buffalo. And then we'll get to the final uh, reaction, and then we're going to skate through the predictions. That way we don't keep you here too long, Justin. But uh, Bucks versus Cowboys. Um, I didn't get to watch this game. I was at the movie theaters and looking at the score. I'm kind of glad I didn't see it because, man, it yeah. got ugly. It was boring. I was doing a stream and watching it at the same time. I was like, man, I'm glad I have something to do right now because yeah. Yeah, it was it was, it was was pretty brutal. Uh, one touchdown, a lot of field goals. Dax hurt. I mean, there's so many questions for Dallas right now. I'm uh, going to be missing Dak probably for at least the next two months. I don't think any of the quarterbacks there are the answer. Maybe they can go after Garoppolo or, I don't know, anybody. Is Nick Mullins available again? I, I mean, he'd be just fine, you know, versus any of the guys that they have there right now. So yeah. stock is down for the Cowboys. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I don't know who they play next week, but be cool for Cowboys fans if they go out and get a random win it for the Gipper type of uh, type of game. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, the Bucks were the Bucks. Chris Godwin looks like he uh, re-injured himself. He's going to be missing some time. That's not ideal. But if you're a Bucks fan or a Julio Jones owner, probably pretty excited about that. Julio passed the eye test last night, so feeling good about him and Mike Evans and Leonard Fournette. Yeah, yeah. Um, good, good game all around for the Pats, or not, not the Pats, the Bucks. Sorry, <laughs> Tom. Sorry, Tom. I'm just I'm in my head at this point. Wrong no, uh, Tom the, team. Yeah, the, the the Bucks showed up in a way that I expected them to. This was not the Cowboys of last year in Week One. Mm-hmm. This is a Cowboys team that, like we said before the show, it's been one step forward and two steps back, but they haven't taken a step forward. Well, they haven't taken a step forward since Trayvon Diggs was in contention for for uh, Defensive Player of the Year in all of his picks. Micah Parsons week, is going week to be, six of last year. Yeah, it's like that <laughs> like, going down is the kiss of death, and it's like it wasn't even a full four quarters. So Dude. rough, rough start of the year to for for Dallas, but um, at least a high draft pick will be nice. They still have all their pieces after this year, so. Back to the drawing board, I guess. But um, speaking of the drawing board, Justin, we're going to rapid fire these uh, predictions. So um, Chargers Chiefs, how are we feeling? I uh, got to go Chiefs. Okay, I'm going to hear you, and I understand. I <laughs> the lightning bolt. So I'm going Chargers. I will not be surprised if the Chiefs do pull it out. They are playing an arrowhead. The last time they did play an arrowhead, Brandon Staley needed a wheelbarrow whenever he was leaving the stadium. Right. We'll see how it pans out. Um, Patriots-Steelers. This is a really interesting matchup. I don't know who to pick. Who's the home team? It's Steelers at home, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Give me, I'll go Steelers. I'm going Steelers as well. Um, the Pats just don't inspire me. I'm really scared about their upside offensively against any team that can pass the ball. Panthers-Giants is next, playing in New York. Am I crazy to see the Giants win this game? I kind of think I am. I might no, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go Panthers. I'm going to go Panthers bounce back game. Yeah, I yeah. Well, Wandale Robinson is actually out. I'm pretty sure he got hurt last game. He's going to be yeah, missing some time. Slowing down, going from slowing down Derrick Henry to slowing down CMC is going to be difficult. It's a little bit different. Yeah, and then I think uh, Baker and Tannehill are similar in terms of output you can see on a weekly basis. I think Tannehill has a higher upside with his legs, but arm wise, yeah. And DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and uh, Terrace Marshall probably project to be harder covers than what they had to do in Cleveland. Yeah, let, I'm going to roll with the Panthers. Dolphins, Ravens, I'm not thinking about it. I'm picking the Ravens. I know what happened last year. Brian Flores is gone, and Lamar Jackson is the guy. And Pure I think Bateman. Pure luck. I, I think Bateman has a good week, and I think Andrews answers the call. I think the Ravens are set up pretty good to win this game. That was their um, seventh win in a row, wasn't it? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they, they, they lost were... their first seven and they won their next seven. Yeah, it was insane. Um, Colts, Jags, I'm going to pick the Colts. I will not be surprised if Trevor Lawrence sticks a big old middle finger up to the AFC South and says, I want to leave the division. But the Colts have Colts. to win this game. The Colts kind of have to win this game. I feel like it's the same story every year, Colts versus Titans. If you can't beat the teams in front of you in your division – you're not going to win the division, and the Colts mm-hmm. constantly are just chasing the Titans. So they can't give up the ground. Bucks Saints, it's in New Orleans. I'm taking the Bucks. I'm going to take the Saints. Yeah. Actually, take that back. I don't know if Alvin Kamara is playing. If Alvin Kamara is playing, I'll take the Saints. If he's not, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm out hard out. I'm just I'm just going to pick the Bucks because the Saints have had the Bucks' number 
for a good while now. I just think Dennis Allen had a good first week as the head coach. They were playing the Falcons. And while the Cowboys were limited in the scope of who they had on the field, the Bucks took care of business, and it wasn't relatively close. Chris Godwin will be a week healthier. Julio Jones, another week in the system, and hopefully Mike Evans is playing. So I know he had like a hamstring issue at some point in the last game. Well, Godwin's going to miss time. So like they they dropped that time? today. Yeah, he's going to really? miss time. He re, re injured himself. Yeah. So in that game where you have Mike Evans going up against uh, Lattimore, which okay. they just that, love to just hump each other up and down the field, and neither one of yeah. them gets stats. They just like are barking in each other's faces all up and down the sideline. All right, we're going to do it again. All right, we're going to do it again. I would be fading Mike uh, Mike Evans in week two uh, because of that. And then you're just left with Julio and, and Lenny. So I felt like the Saints just kind of found themselves in the second half. They became a more of a vertical offense rather than trying to just like feel out the game narrative, I guess. I don't know. So yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go to the, the Saints there. Yeah, I'm putting a question mark next to the Bucks. Um they only scored one if touchdown God, against the Cowboys. Like, what the hell? If God, okay, if Godwin's missing, I don't even care if Kamara misses the game. I like Mark Ingram enough, mm. and I think Taysom Hill makes things weird. He always does. Michael right. Thomas is back, and I don't think – because if you want to think if it was just Michael Thomas and Marquez Callaway, but Olave and Landry presents an mm. issue for this right. uh, Buck secondary. I'll take the Saints, especially at home. The defense still has the identity with Dennis Allen. Um Super fun matchup, probably one of my games of the week, Commanders versus the Lions. I'm taking the Lions. Any Lions. matchup where I feel like it's a toss-up between the two teams, I'm picking DeAndre Swift. Jared yep. Goff is going to be the next Alex Smith. I saw somebody say it, say it on TikTok. I forgot his name. No, he's not. But I'm like, he could fit the role. He's not the same caliber player, obviously. Is, is he going to be the next Alex Smith because he's going to have his leg broken at, uh, at FedEx this week? Are God. they playing that game in D.C.? It's in Detroit by the grace okay, of God. Okay, so he's fine. He's fine then. He's <laughs> yeah, fine he'll be because okay. only he'll be okay. only something like that would happen to Theismann and Alex Smith, and that only happens in DC on the anniversary yeah. of of the others. Yeah, no, no, thank you. I cannot. Mm-mm, nope. Yeah, Leg injuries. Yeah, I'm taking the Lions. Um, in a bloodbath, I'm taking the Niners over the Seahawks, and I don't think the Niners come out really too scathed. I just think should be fine. I think the Niners are going to try and make a statement with this game. I think the Seahawks could control the ball a bit with like uh, Rashad Penny. We still got to see the Seahawks play tonight, so we'll see what we get out of them. But I, from what I what I know about them, I feel like that will be a a kind of like a first or first half close game. Second half, the Niners will figure it out. Yeah, I just think after losing to the Bears in Week One. The Niners can't give up games in this division, even with how low I am on the Cardinals in terms of repeating success from last year in the grand scheme. And mm-hmm. the Niner and the Rams are a good team, but they are not what they were last season. This is the Niners' division to lose as of right now in terms of overall talent. Um, give me the Absolutely. Niners. Falcons, Rams, the Rams have to win this game. If the Rams are at home and they blow a game to the Falcons, I. I will take two laps around my block, and that's four miles. To, do you know what the spread is? No clue. I'll take the Falcons to cover. Well, t- yeah, for coverage. Yeah, sure. The Falcons are going to probably play a competitive game, especially after what the Bills did to the Rams. But I'm taking the Rams to win. Falcons covering would make sense because they're not dead in the water. Mariota is a solid quarterback. But this feels like a if the Niners need a win this week, the Rams are starving for a win. They're the Rams are face. ten and a half point favorites. That is criminal. That's free the money. The Falcons are yeah. The Falcons are going to cover that ten and a half. Uh, 
That's it's week insane. two. Who who do yeah. they think the Rams are? Who do who do they think they just saw play? The Cooper hell? Cup. Cooper Cup goes for 15 receptions, 300 yards, and not on scores. AJ Terrell. He doesn't. That's come what on. I'm like, saying. That's, yeah, that's exactly. Like, come on, that's, like that's just that's what you're expecting would happen because Allen Robinson was still in the Chicago area code last time I checked with how he played last week. The Rams are minus five fifty. You have you have to bet five hundred and fifty dollars to make a hundred for you folks at home that don't know what that means. That's Ugh. crazy. The Falcons are plus four thirty. Also, after the game that they just played, feels like a bit of an overreaction. They should have yep. won that game. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, by the way, the the Forty Niners minus yep. four hundred. So it's actually <laughs> it's actually more likely that the Seahawks would beat the Niners than it would be the Falcons to beat the Rams. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. I, even with Elijah Mitchell gone, I think the Niners' rushing attack doesn't miss too many steps. It'll, it might be a tick slower, but it's going to be efficient. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of fun, uh, this matchup should be high scoring, and I'm taking the Cardinals because Cliff Kingsbury in the first eight weeks of the season is a pretty good fo- head football coach, and I do not like Josh McDaniels. Never have, never will. It's my personal preference. So Cardinals, Raiders, I'm taking the Cardinals, even though it's in Vegas. And I just want as much space between the Chargers and the Raiders as possible. I'm going to so take, take, take the Raiders. I don't think you yeah. can keep them down for too long here with that offense they have. Yeah, it, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think Kyler, if the Cardinals do want to win, they need a healthy Zachers. And James Conner has to do more. I, I think he has to get some yardage. I feel like the Cardinals right now are kind of missing the shootout chess piece in uh, in Hopkins. Like I feel like well, they need that type of guy. Like Marquise Brown is, isn't a guy that you can, you know, He's like bringing a knife to a gunfight. You're really going to need to want it to win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, like Zach Ertz was okay. He found the end zone, but he wasn't 100 percent healthy. James Conner, he's someone that you probably fill into that criteria. Nope, he didn't. Do, he, you know, his efficiency wasn't good, but he did find the end zone. Uh, Darrell Williams was that guy last year. I don't even know if he was dressed. He didn't even touch the ball. Eno Benjamin played over him this week. Ew. If Ron, I think Ew. if Ron, if Rondale Moore plays, I think the Cardinals have a way better shot just because I think he's an explosive talent. I'm taking the Cardinals because I can't pick I can't pick the Raiders this week. I'm just yeah, trying well, to Rocky Sin is like licking his chops at that Rondell Moore matchup versus what yeah. he was dealing with last week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even when Mike Williams wasn't, you know, making plays, Rocky Sin still had to worry about him. You know what I mean? Like he he still had a lot to do. Yeah. This week's matchup for them is a must win either way. They're both in competitive divisions. And if you're going starting out 0-2, your playoff hopes are looking very difficult. Speaking of playoff hopes, Houston, we have a problem. Texans versus Broncos. I'm taking the Broncos. Yeah. Um, after tonight's game, maybe I might change my mind. I don't think I, I will. doubt. I doubt that you will. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think the Broncos are going to be efficient on offense, and that defense is really good. And I think Davis Mills is probably going to have one of his less good games of the year against this Broncos defense. He should be passable, but I don't expect the output we got against the Colts because the Broncos are the real deal on defense. Um, Bengals Cowboys, not even going to waste my breath. You know where I'm going. The Bengals are going to win this game. It's Cooper Rush versus Joe Burrow. Even if T. Higgins doesn't even, play. We don't know who's gonna, who the quarterback will be. For all we know, they'll roll out ben, ben DiNucci on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah I mean. Steven dude. Jones is more likely to play than Dak Prescott this coming week. So it's like, yeah, it's you can't pick the Cowboys unless they're playing a CFL team, and I'm still taking the CFL. It's 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 bleak. It's not good in Dallas. Justin, yeah, I'll let you take. Them. I'll let you take lead on this next matchup: Bears Packers. Who are you taking? Marathon. 
I mean, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm picking the bears. I mean, I, I picked the bears to win this week. Unfortunately I had it parlayed with Detroit winning. Cause I thought I was a hot shot. Uh, <laughs> so I lost that, that massive parlay by three points. That sucks. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm going to be taking the bears. I mean, they're, they played very good disciplined football this week. They were a team that got better as the game went on with pretty much all the odds against them. The weather, yeah. the field conditions, the other team is was just better than them. I don't care what anybody says. The, the 49ers are better than the Bears on paper. They have more playmakers. Debo Samuel, their best receiver, he found the end zone. He, had, he was able to catch the ball. Our best receiver, he had one catch for eight yards. Okay? Like, yeah. They were able, able to figure it out. Packers are struggling. I think we can figure it out on the road. I appreciate the confidence, and I think <laughs> the Bears are going to make this a competitive game. The Packers starting 0-2 in the year of our Lord 2022 with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback is just the, – the Bears are going to cover. I'd be surprised if the Bears didn't cover. Ten but points I, cover. Ten. I'm taking I'm taking the Packers to win. Uh, the Bears are going to cover it, but I, I'm taking the Packers to win. I just think even with the uh, ragtag bunch of wide receivers, I think Lazard hopefully plays – and Aaron, Aaron can't start 0-2 in this division and hope for winning it because I think the Vikings are going to come out pretty hot. Mm -hmm. So I just the – pa the Packers definitely need to start putting feet in front of the other because if, they, if they're 0-2 and the Bears are 1-1, I know it's a long season, but mm -hmm. there's not really anybody else in the pipe coming through to help this team on offense. The defense is there and it's ready. Well, I, I think I think Komet and Mooney will be – yeah, they're going to be better in week three and week two. Like they're they they're going to be better this week. As exactly. long as it's not raining in Green Bay, it should be leagues better. Right. So I, I selected these uh, last couple ones that we had gone over, like the Bengals mm -hmm. and the Bears and the Falcons. My sports book won't even let me put those three picks together. They will not let me put together Falcons plus ten and a half, Bengals minus seven, and the Bears plus ten. They're like, nope, <laughs> nope, that's going to hit. Don't you? Don't you even try it? It's my infinite money glitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man that's yeah that's wild to me that's, that's wild crazy. they're they're laying some big lines here yeah the bears are going to cover 10 good teams win great teams cover man go bears precisely uh bills titans after what we saw out of the titans last week i think the, the bills, bills are going to beat them the bills yes. are going to beat them by how much we'll find out what i would be surprised if it was by more than two scores not in the slightest the bills Nine defense and a half point spread I don't know if the Titans cover that because the Bills' offense is electric and that defense is intense. Derrick Henry's a, a, a bad man, but Vaughn Miller's scary this season. So, yeah, Bills, not a question. Vikings-Eagles, this this is probably the, one of the better Monday night matchups to start off the year. Like well, Broncos, we, have, we have two this week, uh, apparently. Oh, we do. We have, yeah, the Titans and Bills also play on Monday night. Woohoo! Oh, cool. Well, Double Vikings. Football. Double football. Vikings-Eagles feels like the more high-profile game. I feel like it'll be closer, and I feel like it'll be probably yeah, sure. more entertaining. Sure. I've got the Vikings. I, th I think I'm going to trust Kevin O'Connell's offense against Nick Sirianni's. I think yeah, the Vikings absolutely. can air it. I think the Vikings are going to outpace the Eagles. The Eagles' defense could probably slow down Minnesota, but if the Packers got eviscerated last week, they're going to have a tough I'm time. Not, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah, if think, they couldn't if they couldn't shut down the Lions, you're telling me they're going to slow down Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook? Nah. Yeah, that's fair. AJ Brown should have a big week, but outside of him, I think Miles Sanders has 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 a down week. Um, I don't expect four touchdowns on the ground against the Vikings, and I think Kevin O'Connell is going to be the upstart coach in the NFC North. Seems well, like seems from, that's uh, that's the case. 
Aside from the Bears' new guy, he's uh he, he's the talk of the town as of right now. Eber Eberflus is an old school dude, man. I mean, yeah. like w- like when I mentioned earlier about uh, I don't remember what team you're referencing, but their culture getting better. That's how the Bears got better. They got yep. better by you know subtraction, subtracting yep. Matt Nagy, who was a cancer to the culture. He just yeah. was. He he did not have anything right, whether it was player relationships, whether it was play calling. I mean, I think the coolest thing he probably did was what Dub Club. Let's play some music and turn off the lights after wins, boys. <laughs> yeah, like that's it. Like I mean, that that was that was it. I mean, every player just progressively, you know, turned on him. So yeah, yeah, we got a lot. We got a lot better with Eberflus, the type of culture that he brought in, and realistically, just the deceptive play calling. Like they're not going to line it up and just show you what they're going to do. Like they're going to make you guess. They're going to try to confuse you. So bear, people are way too low on the Bears this year. They're going to surprise some folks. Hundred percent. And um, that's this week's predictions. Uh, before I let everybody go, I need to uh, enlighten the world on Austin's picks because he is not here. Um, he's not gone or forgotten, but he will be back Cowboy. eventually. Yeah, Money so, line. Week two picks. He's got Chargers, Browns, Lions, Saints, Panthers, Patriots, Colts, Ravens, Rams, Niners, Bengals, Broncos, Cardinals, Packers, Bills, Vikings. You ran through that too fast to pick on. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so um, he didn't pick his own team. So this is about Good as man. objective as he's going to get. And he was actually at AT&T Stadium today. So didn't let Good the man. emotions get to him. Good good, good on you, Austin. We uh, miss you, buddy, and we hope to see you next week. But, uh, Justin, I got to thank you for coming on. It's always a pleasure having you. Uh, yes, sir. Feel free to plug anything that's new, anything you got going. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at T-I-T-T-H-J-B. I work for SGPN, Sports Gambling Podcast Network, as their uh, fantasy football and, and uh, NFL betting editor. So come check us out on Twitter at SGPN Fantasy. We've got you know weekly cheat sheets and fantasy guides and betting guides for you. Pretty much what you need if you're a, you know an NFL degenerate, whether you're gambling or whether you're playing fantasy. We've got everything you need. Okay, well, Justin, it's been a pleasure as always. Um uh, Always happy to have you on. I'm sure we're going to look to have you on again in the uh, near future. But uh, as always, uh, from all of us here at the Makeshift Managers and from Justin and myself, we thank you guys for tuning in, uh, whether it be through the live stream or through Spotify. And I'll leave you with the one word. So uh, until next time, guys, peace.